very much. Uh, Honorable Master Holler left, and then Honorable Swart. Good morning, Chair. Good to see you. Nice to see you. Thank you very much. Good to see you too. Uh, members of the media, good morning. And invited guests, uh, good morning. We are left with two minutes before we start. So those who want to grab a cup of coffee or tea can do that just before we start. Deputy uh, Minister, good morning. Morning, greeting uh, uh, you. Uh, Thank you very and much. I see you also here. Who? Advocate Skosana. Yes, yes, yes. Good morning. He was here very early. Um, by 20 past eight, he was already here. Yes, Chair, if you're going to have your day in court, you better be in court. <laughs> no, this is a very friendly court. Um, it's nine o'clock. Uh, good morning, honorable members. Uh, good morning to everyone. And thank you for gracing this uh, meeting. Today we'll be dealing with the supplementary budgets of the Department of Justice and Constitutional Development and the National Prosecuting Authority in terms of Section 12 of the Money Bills, Amendment Procedures and Related Matters Act of 2009. Um, the department is led by the Deputy Minister, uh, Honorable John Jeffries. Uh, the Minister is attending Cabinet. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Honorable uh, John Jeffrey and your team. Um, I have not seen uh, the NPA uh, in this platform. I'm not sure. Oh, here's Advocate uh, Shamila Badoi. Uh, good morning to you, Advocate Badoi. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, I will now hand over to the Deputy Minister, who is the leader of the delegation, to make his opening remarks. And then I will hand over to, I think after him, it will be the acting DG, Advocate Kosana. Um, I appeal that uh, presentation should not be more than 30 minutes. Um, we have a sitting at two. 
and we were informed that uh, this members must start uh, registering by one o'clock. Um, over to you, uh, Honourable uh, John Jeffrey. Uh, Chair, thanks very much. I'm, I'm really just accompanying the department, so I would be handing over to the acting uh, DDG. Uh, obviously, just to say these are difficult times, um, with uh, uh, particularly for the courts, uh, with as soon as there's a positive case recorded, uh, then expectations that there will be deep cleaning and, and closures of the courts, uh, which obviously disrupts uh, the business of the courts. So that's the background I think that everybody knows that we are working with. And within that reality, we've got to do uh, the best we can to keep uh, access to justice and the administration of justice functioning. But I'll hand over then to Advocate Skosana. Yeah, thank you. Uh, before uh, Advocate Skosana, I think we are joined by Advocate Mtun Zimanga. Am I correct? That is correct, sir. Yes, uh, yes, Advocate yes, Mata, on behalf of the committee, would like to congratulate you on your appointment as a special advisor to the National Director of Public Prosecution. <laughs> and welcome to the meeting. Thank you very much. Is somebody who is making noise? Can we all mute our mics? So um, I know Advocate um, Tunze, you were once uh, in this family, in the NPA, you are back again. So we're excited to have you back. And there is no place like justice. All of us leave and then we come back, we end up here. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, Advocate, uh, Skosana? Uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, let's share the presentation. Uh, thank you, Honorable uh, Chairperson. Um, uh, we will basically share the presentation on the screen. Uh, but uh, whilst uh, uh, because uh, we, we basically wanted to be guided by the chairperson, how would you want uh, 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 whether we want to go through all the slides? But uh, whilst we are, we are presenting the presentation, let me let let me take this opportunity to welcome the opportunity and to indicate that I'm joined by 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 the exco uh, uh, members so that they can basically assist me in the presentation. Uh, uh, <coughs> It's coming on the screen. Yeah. Yes, we're sharing the screen. But uh, how it's going to with, with what we're going to unfold uh, on our chair is that I will basically share the presentation with the uh, 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 CFO, uh, Mr. Mtembu. Uh, the acting he's the acting CFO for a week because we have had uh, an unfortunate. Uh, 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 development last week when the acting CFO, Mr. Joan Johnson, uh, lost her mother in the Western Cape and uh, he had to leave to go and bury her mother. And uh, he's back, he's back on the, he's on the platform now, but he's still, but he's still uh, uh, in isolation. But obviously he'll be able to assist to the extent that uh, it's, it's required 
for him to make input. But Mr. Mr. Tembu uh, is here, and then he'll be able to to take us through the processes. Now, uh, okay. uh, Honorable uh, Advocate Kosan, I think before you proceed, um, I think on behalf of the committee, we would like to extend our deepest condolences to Mr. Johnson. Uh, losing a mother is not a small thing, and uh, we are with you in our prayers. And may you be strong during this time. We know that it will take time, but uh, we, as this family, we wish you uh, strength um, that you overcome this grief. Um, you may proceed, Advocate Kosan. Uh, thank you, Chair. Uh, we have just uh, 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 flattered the presentation, which I hope that honourable mem uh, members are able to see it on the screen. Uh, I'm going to 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 basically give the the the, the first, uh, uh, and then uh, the, in, in terms of coming to figures, I'll be assisted by Mr. Mtembu. I must say, Chair, that uh, we, we 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 finalised the presentation over the weekend. Uh, and because of Mr. Johnson's very uh, 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 so that we are able to, to work through the figures, with but also to indicate that uh, we are uh, as the, the committees are aware that uh, uh, I didn't report that uh, four of our, of our senior managers, including the CFO, are basically uh, subjected to disciplinary inquiries. I must just say in person that the dismantling quads have started, uh, uh, hearings have started, and uh, we hope to complete those processes uh, uh, in a month's time. I've said that the sooner we get stability in the justice environment, especially in the budget space, the better for all of us, etc. So uh, I think, uh, and uh, I thought I must just make that as an open statement. Chair, uh, uh, the first four slides basically provide the, 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 the narrative, the, the background, to, to, to the budget uh, uh, process. I must say, Chair, that uh, uh, we were very fortunate in that we did not, uh, we were not hit by the storm we have anticipated. Uh, initially, when discussions were between and there have been a lot of behind scene engagement with national surgery, both at the official level as well as a level of the of the of the minister of the minister and the, the cabinet. And I think we are very pleased to announce that uh, the, 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 the intended the initial cut has basically been reduced to 416 million. Uh, so it's even less than the 500 million. Which basically uh, 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 enable us to to to, to continue with the, with, the, with the work and also to put in place a very uh, sustainable business con uh, con uh, continuity measures in place to make sure that costs don't collapse. And this came from the very basic uh, principle that during this time of the devastation, obviously uh, uh, you have to keep your costs uh, uh, up and running. You have to make sure that services such as the master services are up and running. Maintenance services, all those services which are both central to access to justice, but also also are central to to sustaining 
and, and livelihoods of persons from the constitutional perspective are retained. So I thought I must indicate that right from the beginning. So our the presentation talks with 416 and how we absorb that. And, and I think the figures will come into, uh, into space whilst we, when Mr. Mtem uh, uh, come to that. What we are doing, we are feeling, we are continuing the feeling of extra positions because part of sustaining our businesses is to ensure that we've got a capable and a very a strong management capacity to steer the department through this, this, this crisis. And therefore, you can see from the slide that for the nine of senior managers, uh, uh, which will cost us 59 million, will still continue to be filled. And, uh, and, and, uh, 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 and also, we still have to divert some of the amounts to, to support the current measures in terms of the, of the, the, the department's risk-adjusted plan. Deputy Minister alluded to one of the biggest challenges that we have just, we are basically experiencing new spending drivers in the in the in the in the management of the of the of the of the pandemic. The the process of of of, of detaining and sentencing the courts are basically putting a lot of strain strain on the budget. The whole issue of getting the Ever put a lot of things into that matters and it's led by Ms. Emlim Langen, she is in the in the in the meeting. She manages the whole uh, manages the risk adjusted plan in terms of making sure that the, the colleagues, employees, and members of the public get infected in the court space in the offices of the department, they get basically managed through that debt plan, but make sure that even all the cost uh, uh, requirements that come from this process are being managed as we move forward, etc. Uh, 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 and I thought I must make that point up front, etc. What we, we, the, uh, we have direct protocols, which a protocol which will then be managed in terms of this process. That protocol seeks to guide us when and, and how. And yesterday, uh, uh, members, we, we set through EXCO, and I think we've refined the protocol. And I can just share a few pointers as an introductory remarks. One, we, we agree that we need to classify our infrastructure in three categories. One, the high, highly sensitive, uh, highly and that period of time, it means that we must happen within a few hours at offices which basically are not so critical like the management of the national services can still be rendered from home, whatever, to keep in those areas. Because you are no risk area, there won't be much activity or much kind of prejudice if that so. so I think I thought I must share with the with the committee because what we intend doing is that based on that risk adjusted plan, we then want to sell it to the to the entities within the justice environment so that we are able to share these costs, these new costs which are coming to 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 be our new normal. Uh, so they were able to manage. I think our national office momentum was closed twice in the space of 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 of, of two weeks. And 
uh, when we wanted to get quotations, we were getting a huge cost quotations for us to do deep cleaning, whatever. And I thought it was important that we develop a, just, a strategy to manage those costs. So the Chair, I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm not sure if I'm the only one that's losing advocates Kosana from time to time. Yes, I think we all have that problem. Okay. There seems to be a connection problem on your side. Uh, we can we can't hear you properly. Um, the last time I heard you, we were talking about uh, the deep cleaning uh, that is exorbitant in cleaning your offices, and then after that, it was very difficult to to understand what you were saying. Okay, Chair, uh, uh, I'm with the IT people who provide support in the in the boardroom, and I think. I've alerted them that trying to see what the connection system is. Uh, and I, I just wanted to confirm with you, Chair, uh, is the presentation uh, on the screen? Yes, it is. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, they're trying to look into it, and, and I'll just repeat some of the things, Chair, uh, and I hope that uh, uh, whilst they're working on the, on, the, on the one side. I was just on the slide number four, where I was basically explaining, the, which is part of the background, that, that part of our our business uh, continuity measures. One is to make sure that we sustain the cost, don't keep them closed for long, and that we categorize our buildings in terms of the level of priorities, and that in respect of the courts, we are putting in place a, a measures that will ensure that if there is there any infections experienced in the court, we must expedite the of deep cleaning and contamination not more than a day for a court. Uh, that is the day of the deep cleaning and probably so that the following day can open. Those which are medium risk areas like the national office because we are giving them the tools to work from home. Then there are low, low, low uh, priority areas where there's very little prejudice where the deep cleaning, whatever, can take a longer time. So I thought that that process, I was at the point where I said, Honorable Chair and Honorable Members, we wanted, that protocol is developed in consultation and conjunction with all the stakeholders in the justice sector, so that we can we can all join into it. So we've got one kind of framework that manages us so that we are not going to have running costs which are going basically to deplete our budget, which is intended for service delivery, then it be ended up taking care of these processes. And then the, the second point, which was on the slide now, which is very central to the business uh, continuity measures, is the whole uh, investment into the ICT and IJS uh, environment. And Chair, we yesterday, uh, and we, we've put in place here that COVID-19 have shown the extent to which our modernization and digitization have lagged behind. And we have now prioritized those projects. That's why we are hit that IJS has not been touched from the budget cuts 
and therefore the 853 million for the IJS will still continue to be to be used uh, in the system as well as the uh, the ICJS. So we are able to continue with those uh, plans we've planned we've put aside to sustain those processes. Part of them is one to the extent to which we are going to facilitate uh, uh, opportunities to eventualize of the audio visual link deputy minister yesterday there was also a suggestion that we need to expand the audio visual link between the courts and the Tuzela care centers so that so that oh, it goes it gone off again so, so that so, so that uh, victims of the gender-based violence and sexual offenses can basically testify from the from the camp of the Tuzela Care Center. So those are part of the measures we are putting in place in the funding, and, the, uh, uh, and, and and those who are activated in the four slides I've prepared. Now, in up to slide number four, I'm going to ask that the 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 the, the, the acting CFO, Mr. Mkembo, take us through the figures so that at least can highlight some of the critical figures uh, and also to en emphasize, uh, uh, Honorable Chair, that we're very pleased that only the, not, not all the entities in the justice sector were, were experienced budget cuts, and those budget cuts are only absorbed mainly within the compensation of employees. And that process is basically informed by the fact that because there's been a delay in the appointment of staff, whatever, the savings we've experienced since the, the first of April until now in terms of appointment of staff will then assist in, off, in, in offsetting some of the budget cuts. The second uh, 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 opportunity is that through the lockdowns and, and the reduced capacity in the, of, in the courts, we have basically saved a huge uh, uh, amounts from the traveling costs and accommodation. The closure of the hotels, the closure of the, of the, of the airlines, etc., have helped us to save some costs. So those are the, 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 the goods and services allocations, which we are hopeful that they're going to make a serious dent in terms of alleviating the 416 cut which have been imposed on the department and that we are not going to be forced to operate basically with a, a much more reduced staff. But we, uh, when we look at the staff, we are sustaining those services where people are required. So in terms of the courts, we make this, the, the, the prosecution, the interpreters, the magistrates, whatever, those people will make sure that those services which have been proclaimed by the minister in terms of directions for alert level three, they continue to be sustained in the courts. And we try to off, off, offset the budget cuts against the savings we have yielded since the posts have been held up and also in view of the, of the, of the, of the goods and services reductions, which I've just mentioned. I want Mr. Mtembu to focus on the key figures and just be coming here just to take us through the slides so that we can do that. And yeah, we can, we can speak. Move on. I must also say that Mr. Mtembu is 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 is, 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 is and therefore uh, when I'll be assuming to this so they have an interruption in terms of the space of the movement of the flights and of the slides. And I, I ask that uh, members of the of the committee bear with us. Uh, thank you, uh, Good morning, Mr. Chair. Mr. Mtembo, you have 15 minutes. 
The acting teacher is exhausted to the other 15 minutes. Thank you, Chair. Uh, Chair, uh, I just want to highlight this one. That, uh, in terms of the previous year, about 98%, I'm not going to show the slide. I mean, it's 95% with an underspending of uh, about 759 million. Um, uh, and most of the underspending was coming from compensation of employees, uh, budget, both magistrate salaries, and uh, the department with over 400 million. The balance is coming from uh, our payment for capital assets. Um, with regards to our expenditure performance up until the end of May, uh, the department's total expenditure amounted, um, amounted to about uh, 12%. And obviously, this is attributable to uh, our COVID-19 uh, uh, lockdown. Sorry, Jay. Sorry for interrupting. Uh, Wilma here. Uh, 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 sorry for interrupting, Jay. Honorable Um <coughs> Okay. Um, sorry, Jay. Just I'm wondering if the department is aware that the presentation is it's not on. There's no slides. Is the department aware of that? I think the acting teacher said that uh, they are working on it to ensure that we have yeah. slides. They are working on it. Thanks, Chair. Uh, I've just played, I've just put slide fifteen on the on the on the on on on, on the screen. I hope it's, it is visible. It is the slide which Mr. Mtembo is referring to. As I've indicated. Uh, He'll turn the slide number and move this side because he can't move the, 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 the computer because of his condition. Uh, uh, and then he'll, I'll ask him just to indicate slide number so I can move from my side. So now it's on slide 15. I hope it's there. Yes. It's not there. Oh. It doesn't want to share it, it's reflecting here, it doesn't want to share. Yeah, uh, Chair, the system doesn't want to share uh, uh, the slide, it's sharing only on my... In terms of... That's right. Yeah, that's right. Now we can see we can see the slide. Okay. Now, in terms of co in I'm terms sorry, of COVID, Mr. Ted, look, I can't see the slide at all. Perhaps I'm the only one. Um, what about other members? We could see it. We could see it, Chair. Okay, we we'll just go it. on. I'm fine. I'll follow. Uh, I'll follow on the one that was sent to me. It's no problem. IT, can you assist Honorable Breitenbach? We don't see it anymore, Chair. I don't know if that's just me. Yes, um, the slide has disappeared. Seems to be coming on and off. It's now off.
I think, uh, honorable members, the the presentations were circulated to us. I think we have gone through the presentations. Um, can we allow them to proceed? Because we don't know okay. how much will that take. Honorable Drakhans. Honorable Drakhans. Uh, proceed, Advocate Skosana. Uh, okay. Th thanks, Chair. Um, uh, uh, in terms of slide 15, slide 15 is basically showing uh, how much was initially anticipated to be the cut, 2.2 billion, and finally, how much was eventually cut. And, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, and finally, how, how much was cut and split between the department, NPA, and, and entities. And you can see that most of the cuts in terms of the final cut were, were, were directed towards compensation of employees and a little bit of the cut from machinery and equipment. And then about 33 million was then cut from um, uh, entities. Next slide, Chair. The following slide, Chairperson. Uh, 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 no. Following slide, just next. Yeah, the following slide, uh, which will be in slide number 16, is basically uh, showing uh, uh, how these uh, 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 allocations uh, are spread amongst the entities of the department, NPA, uh, uh, and the department itself. Next slide. Now, this slide is basically trying to say initially. Um, uh, 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 the department was anticipated to be, to be cut by um, uh, 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 1.7 billion, but the final cut was 416 million. And this implies that we have uh, savings of about uh, 1.3 billion that, 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 we could, that, that, that we saved from being cut. But as part of our negotiations with National Treasury, we had already indicated to them to say we have a budget estimated. We are estimating 334 million for us to be able to fund this imaging expenditure uh, relating to COVID-19. And, and then we said to the Treasury as part of negotiation was that. We are prepared as a department to absorb the million. Point of order, Chairperson. We can't hear the, the. Okay. That's correct, Honorable Jose. We, we we are just struggling to to hear them. Oh. Am I audible? Yes. Can you? Can you yeah, repeat I... the last three sentences? Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I do know this is a public hearing and you do prefer the videos on, but I was wondering if it might, might not be in the interest of a better sound quality, um, that they perhaps switch their video off and try, um, if it's okay with you, Chair, just a proposal. 
for 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 all members and invited. No, just for the yes. just for the presenter chair at the moment. Um, just for the yes. Department of Justice, it may be a problem just on their side with the bandwidth or connectivity. It's just a suggestion, chair. Yes, thank you very much. Can we all try and switch off our videos? Maybe it will uh, assist with the bandwidth. And then uh, so that at least the, the, the department can present and we can open it after they have, we can open our videos after they've presented. Can you Thanks, proceed? Chair, we are, we are okay. for that, Chair. Okay. Um, chair, we're on slide number 17. This slide is basically saying we have got savings of about 984 million. That could be reallocated to the other priorities of the department, given the fact that we have been uh, cut far less than what we had anticipated. But this uh, 984 million is already including the 334 million that you are saying that we would be uh, allocating for uh, COVID-19 related expenditure. The following slide is basically giving us a breakdown of, 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 of what, what is involved in this 334 million. The follow next slide. Chair, this um, chairperson, advocate Kusana is basically showing us the yes, honorable chair. Um, I think the problem is getting worse, and I'm afraid oh. that there'll be a lot of um interventions because people can't hear i would ask from the honorable members uh, if we can allow the npa to present as they are busy fixing the uh, the, the dog is busy fixing uh, the it related problems because sometimes it's very difficult for us to follow the presentation because some of the critical issues uh, we can't hear what what is the presenter saying because of these it problems so i think let's give them sufficient time to deal with the with those it uh, uh, issues and um, uh, invite the npa to to present how is that honorable members uh that's fine i'm, I'm quite happy that's, yes it's quite changed we okay with that. Thank you. Okay. Thank, thank you very much. Thank you very much, honorable members, for your understanding. Um, Honor, um, Advocate Patoi, can you do the NPA's presentation? And Justice, please uh, look at your IT problems. Thank you, Chair. We are doing so. Uh, we are moving from the department to uh, uh, land and we'll use our our system to see whether it can pick better. Thanks, Chair, for the opportunity. We apologize for the disruption. No, that's fine. Uh, Advocate uh, Batoy. Thank you, Chair. Chair, just for the department, it seemed like the department in their presentation didn't switch off their video. So I thought that might have actually helped with their presentation and sound quality. But be that as it may, Chair, our we were we did send a presentation to the to the committee. Uh, 
And we, we were unclear whether the NPA uh, would be required to present, but we do have a presentation and we are uh, ready to, to present, um, Chair. No, I think continue presenting, uh, Advocate Batoy. You have 30 minutes. Thank you, Chair. We'll be much shorter than that, Chair. Um, yes. The presentation is on the screen. Can Chair, can you please confirm that it's uh, visible to everyone? Yes, it is, it is visible. Not, it's Excellent. not visible to me. I, I think Honorable Bach must sort out her bandwidth, Chair. Uh, yes. My bandwidth is just fine, uh, but I'll follow on my uh, on my tablet. It's not a problem. Okay, thanks. Uh, um, but I think uh, IT can you can you um, ensure that uh, Advocate Breitenbach is able to see the presentation because we don't know what is the problem. Okay, thanks. Uh, you can continue, uh, Advocate Batoy. Thank you, Honourable Chair. Uh, we did send uh, the presentation to the committee as well, so hopefully, yes. Honourable Breitenbach at least has has. Uh, an electronic uh, or hard version of the presentation. Thank you, Chair. Chair, um, as, as was indicated um, by the, uh, the, the acting DG, um, we had expected that, you know, there will be, um, there will be a need to, to reprioritize issues um, in the light of possible uh, budget cuts uh, to, to government departments. Um, we were actually, um, in a sense, fortunate uh, because we we had, as the acting DG indicated, um, and the acting CFO, there was a saving of 150 million uh, in our compensation budget, um, and um, as a result of um, the 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 challenges, I should say, with with uh, speedy recruitment as well as the loss of staff um, by retirement or resignations in the period. So this amount was actually uh, handed back to the government, and we didn't um, we didn't um, suffer any further uh, budget cuts. Uh, we had already, in anticipation of possible um, cuts, um, we had we had planned that we would. Um, recruit less aspirant prosecutors in the event that we, we did suffer those cuts. Um, we expect, however, that we may still, uh, at this stage, be able to recruit more than the original, than the 200 that we thought we may have to cut by. So that is, that is um, a positive um, aspect. Um, we've actually, so besides the, the 150 million, um, there hasn't been budget cut. There hasn't been, well, which we actually volunteered. There hasn't been any um, need for the NPA to to reprioritize or to change um, its annual performance plan. Um, so, you know, those are broadly. We are still recruitment still remains uh, a top priority for the NPA. Um, so does capacitation in terms of the skills. There's a Training and development is, is a big part of that because particularly in the area of um, highly uh, complex and specialized commercial crimes. Um, but those are just my uh, preliminary introductory comments, Chair, and I'm going to hand over 
to Advocate Karen van Rensburg, who's the acting head of administration, as well as um, Hanika van Zeel, who's the acting CFO. And between them, I think it's um, Hanika van Zeel who will actually do the presentation. Hanika, are you online? Um, yes, NDPP. Um, I can, yeah. um, okay, I, um, okay, I'll take you through the, the budget part. Um, so the next slide, let me just, um, okay, next slide. Now my, the budget presentation doesn't want to move. Mm. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, and now Sorry. it's at Okay, let's try let this. You, let me just uh, do it again. No, it doesn't want to. Sure okay, see, Marty's come on there. Marty, do you want to see if yours will move? Yeah, Marty is back up. Um, okay, uh, I don't know whether the presentation is on. It's now on on my side. Yes, we can see it. I certainly can, Hanika. Please go ahead. Okay, Hopefully thank you. Hopefully members can also see it. Okay, thank you. The first budget slide, this is a view of our budget versus expenditure for the previous financial year, the 2019-20, where the Department of Justice has already touched a little bit on this. This is where we've got a saving at the end of the financial year of $125 million. Now, this amount relates to $62 million of the amount relates to compensation of employee where we didn't um, fill um, all the positions and we didn't do the recruitment. Um, the money also was received during the adjusted estimate uh, budget process, which we received very late during the year. And the, another 62 relates to machinery and equipment. This was laptops that the NPA procured in the previous financial year, but due to the COVID, we couldn't receive and pay the laptops in the previous financial year. We've only received and paid in the current financial year. The next slide. Now we doesn't want to move to the next slide. <laughs> Maybe I'm too... Okay, Karen, no. can someone assist? I, uh, my slides doesn't want to move. Mm -hmm. Marty? Honorable Chair, we apologize for this. This is the challenges with technology. Yeah. Um, I think Marty must try and, and, and share it because mine doesn't want to move on. It gets Marty. stuck. Marty, I know you're online. Can you please try to assist and share your version? I will, Chair. I think, uh, uh, apologies, Chair and NDPP, I think there's a slight delay. I'm going to share now with you. Um. Uh. Uh, Chair, in the meantime, can I continue as everybody, I don't know whether everybody's got the hard copies. Yeah, we do. Yes, we do. We do have the hard copies. Sure. There we go. There we go. Okay. Next slide, Matito. 
okay. The next one, Marty, yeah. Uh, this is also, yeah, okay. This, this slide, yeah. The, the previous two slides only relate to the prior financial year where the split is per economic classification and per SIP program. This slide is just an indication of the 150 million cut, how it will affect the, the various SIP programs within the MPA. And here you will see the, the bulk of the cut will go to the MPS, which is the biggest part of the MPA's budget. The 150 million will come from, from their budget allocation. Assets forfeited will be 20 million and then 15 million on support services. Now, support services, the amount is very small in support services because in support services, we don't have a big compensation budget, but we've got our centralized goods and services budget within support services. Um, and all these cuts, as, as already mentioned, only relates to compensation of employees. The next slide is an um, indication of our current spend on, on where we are now. If, if you look at this percentage-wise, we have spent uh, almost 24% um, uh, linear against the 25% spent as at the end of June. And then we, we've added a projection and on the projection you will see that although the 150 is already, already removed from this presentation, we still have a saving of 75 million in compensation of employees. So the NDPP has um, uh, established a special task team on the recruitment. So we're driving the recruitment to ensure that we spend this money in the current financial year. Then on machinery and equipment, the, the overspend of 140 million, this is as I've already mentioned, the laptops that we've procured in the prior year that was paid in this financial year. But we've already had the discussions with the Department of Justice, so we will environment between us and them at the end of the financial year. The next slide is an, a breakdown of our COVID expenditure as at the end of June, what we've already spent on COVID. This, this amounts to uh, 1.7 million. And this is for, for the PPPs uh, and for decontamination of our buildings. Now, the decontamination was very low as when, when we did this projection, and that is only now starting to, to um, show um, big increases because this is now happening on a more frequent basis. The next slide is just uh, uh, to show the impact of the 150 against our MTF budget allocation. And in that slide, you will see that our MTF growth is still 8.37, which is still a, a big growth for the MPA um, due to our additional funding that we did receive during the MTF period. So the 150 will only affect this current year and will not impact, as the MPI said, on our performance deliveries for the MTF period. The slide thereafter is also the MTF, but going uh, uh, breakdown per SIP program. Then the slide after that one is the, NDP, uh, the Department of Justice has indicated also in their presentation the, the budget that we are ring finching for, for COVID. So within the MPI uh, uh, area, we are putting 30 million aside that we are ring fencing within our budget to cater for future expenditure for the pandemic. The uh, 30 million will be, be 
um, spent on PPEs and decontamination. Um, yeah, and the 30 million uh, will be reprioritized within our current baseline, and it will mostly come from, from travel, subsistence and travel, as well as our fleet services, the fuel account, because it is anticipated that the prosecutors will not travel as in the past, and that we will make more use of virtual meetings and virtual ways of doing things in the MPA. Um, and that's basically the the end of the budget, the figure part. I don't know whether Cora wants to, to conclude the presentation. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, members. Thank you, in Chair. Cora, do you have any um, points you'd like to bring to the attention of the committee? Uh, no, I think NDPP, you were going to deal with the last aspect relating to, because I think that's the main question that the portfolio committee wants to know now, is the so what? So will this have an impact on our ability to deliver in terms of our APP? And as you know, we've been given extension to, to until the, the ninth to, to relook our APP if there is an impact. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that NDPP, if you want to address that, because I think that's the, the burning question right now mm -hmm. for the portfolio committee. Thank you. Thank you, Karen. Um, Honorable Chair, I, I alluded to this um, in my introductory uh, comments. But perhaps before I deal with that, I should also say that the investigating directorate has not been affected by these cuts. Um, so, um, as I mentioned earlier, Honorable Chair, these cuts will not impact on, on our ability to deliver. Um, um, and I think the one, one positive is that when we, had been um, when we had been reporting last year with the very, very serious budgetary challenges that the NPA was facing, um, the, we were we had about 89% of our budget that was being spent on compensation, which left very little for the goods and services and other areas, for example, training and development. We are now at 81% of our budget, which is much more manageable, which means that we're able to, the plans that we have to capacitate um, the NPA uh, will be uh, significantly uh, improved um, in that regard. So I think that is a, a positive aspect in that the, the, the proportion between our goods and services and, and the compensation budget is, is less than it was um, when we, uh, or last year, should I say. Um, in addition, Chair, um, we, we are, the, as, the D, as the DM mentioned uh, in his uh, opening, um, the, the impact on the courts have, has been significant and it is increasing uh, daily. Um, we are having, um, you know, various, um, you know, court staff, whether it's prosecutors, magistrates, um, administrative staff, uh, legal aid, that are being affected by COVID-19. And um, we, have a, we have a task team in the NPA, and also we are engaging very, very closely with the Department of Justice and the DPSA, because this is not just affecting us, but the entire public service. Um, we find that we are having to, to close down um, buildings more frequently, um, decontaminate. So, um, you know, we do need, we, this is, the costs are quite significant. And, um, you know, uh, in line with the projected scenarios is going to, in all probabilities, increase. So we need to have, uh, you know, a, a clear plan and also assistance, for example, from the other relevant government departments in terms of what is the best way um, to ensure that we are able to um, 
continue operations without putting staff members at risk. Um, so that is that is an ongoing conversation with the Department of Justice, because we found, for example, in the VGM, we've had to, we were forced to close within a week or so twice. Um, so those those are you know challenges that we're facing moving forward. Um, and so um, we are also um, with our, if you could see here, say on this, with our 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 colleagues in the JCTS, um, looking at at uh, ways in which we could uh, deliver on our um, our objectives in the APC. Um, Thanks, please. Thank you, Chair. So, Chair, we are looking because, um, you know, as I mentioned, when we presented our five-year strategic plan, um, the NPA has taken a, a different approach this year in terms of trying to um, achieve objectives that are not just related to conviction rate, but also to making impact. That means we do have to work very, very closely uh, with our colleagues. And so we're looking at common measures, joint measures together, primarily with with the SAPs um, and the and the DPCI, um, but working also with SIU and FIC to make sure that we are able to achieve um, the goals that we've set in the APP. Chair, that is the uh, presentation of the NPA, um, and we stand ready to take any questions. Thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, uh, can we go back to Justice, uh, Department of Justice already? Thanks, Chair. Uh, and uh, we've had everything that the NPA presented, uh, and we hope and trust this time uh, uh, will be will be better audible. We have changed the the bandwidth. We've connected on the 3G. We've set we've switched off the 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 the, the we've switched off the, uh, the 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 video. And uh, I'm just putting the slide. I'm going to put to just deal with the slides which were, were not, where we, we started experiencing cuts, and I hope that the Chair were able to see the slides. Yes, we are. Thank you, Chair. Uh, and I'll take, uh, and I, I think I'll just run quickly through them, and I, I thank for the opportunity that uh, you, you gave for us to come in and, and re reboot. Uh, the slide that basically shows what we're putting aside, Chair, for the expenditure to, 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 to cover for the COVID-19 budget pressures. You can see that much, much of them of the amount to the, to the PPEs with 155 million. Then the next one under item 600 million, which is the deep cleaning services of of, of all our uh, of our of our of, of our service delivery points. Chair, we've just put this money. I've said initially that we are looking at different mechanisms. Courts with our high high priority areas will then be deep cleaned at the quickest time within the quickest turnaround time because we don't want to further add to the backlogs that we are currently experiencing whilst those other ones can just take some time and etc so there will be the kind of a change in terms of expenditure pattern so this slide shows how we've divided that amount of 334 million over the next uh, over the rest of the financial year to basically ensure business continuity the next slide shows how we are yielding those kind of savings to find the 34 million i did indicate that while we are taking money from subsistence, traveling allowance, fleet services, agent services, office accommodation, and building other fixed structures. And the next slide shows the, 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 the baseline uh, uh, representation, how those basically 
cars are going to be basically uh, informed by in, uh, to be taken care are going to influence our baseline uh, aspects uh, i'm going to uh, right is, is the slides I'm, I'm i'm moving my slides and i think that they're moving slower from slow slower from this side the next budget the next presentation chair uh, shows the budget adjustments impact on the departmental programs now we have indicated that we have taken 334 million to take care of COVID-19, and uh, which basically we were able to absorb within our budget and with the cuts. And now the 416, inclusive of the 334, $3, $3, $3, $3, $3, $3, $3, $3, $3, $3, million, which we were put aside for the COVID-19, then to basically to be taken away from is going to be And this slide shows those programs. You can see here that in those programs, um, uh, and the biggest cuts are in respect of court services, 198. And it's, it's, it's court services because court services is the largest branch and also the, got the largest headcount in terms of people. So even in terms of your personal expenditure, whatever, uh, those are the greatest number of posts where you can still uh, 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 delay the filling of those posts, but manage to have the business continuity. Some of the branches are so small that if you take five people, it means the branch must close this. As you can see that the next one, uh, uh, state legal services, is 35 million. NPF, they've spoken about the 150 million. And then obvious, obvious services, 33 million. And that comes to that uh, for, uh, 416 million, which basically we are absorbing into our into our, 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 our baseline. Now, Chair, there's something I must explain. The, the, the ran out of its investigative but the, the, the head of the investigation said, look, I've got no sense to continue. I'm closing down. They said they, handed, they wanted 42 million to, to sustain their programs. We then were able, within the cost of budget, on that 150 million of in-kidnosity capture, we're able to move 30 million from the built, uh, 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 from the infrastructure to give them a, 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 an amount that should sustain investigations. I've wrote a strong letter to them and said, everybody is reprioritizing their budget. They need to find ways of making sure that they live with that. So we gave them 150 million for this financial year. They came back and said they can't cover 150 million. They wanted 42 million extra. I only, I didn't, uh, 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 we only gave them an extra 30 million, which means their budget for the rest of this financial year for them to complete their work is 180 million. And I've said to them, they need to live with what we've given them. They need to reprioritize and they need to uh, adopt some of the measures we're adopting so that if it needs to for them to look into virtual platforms uh, and reduce the hearings, if it, uh, they need to take that approach in that way, they'll also minimize the spread of the of the virus, even in terms of their own space, etc. The next budget basically shows how how, how the, the the cuts are being absorbed in terms of the, the, the classification. You can see 261 million is from compensation of employees. Goods and services from 33 million and payment and transfers and subsidies and for capital assets is 122. All that then calculate come to the 416. And as I've said, it's inclusive of both ourselves, the NPA and the NPA and the, the small budget that uh, I think is attributed to the SIU. The next slide shows the, the summary of each programs 
uh, 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 how it look like after the, 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 the cuts. The next slide is the, is of, the, of, the, of, the, of the programs in terms of each program. So that's the, that's the breakdown of the slides I've indicated. So as I am, uh, 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 I'm going towards the close, uh, yes. Now, as we conclude, I think NDPP have mentioned the point. We are taking the opportunity to, to, to work together with all the entities with the emerging spending pressures from COVID-19, and the biggest one of which is the deep cleaning. Now, Advocate Kosana. Advocate Kosana. Can you repeat your conclusion? I, I could not hear your first part. Okay. The My apologies, Chair. My apologies, <coughs> I repeat. Sorry. My apologies, Chair. Thanks, John. I'm saying that, uh, as the NDP have said, working together with the other uh, partners in the in the justice sector will help us. <laughs> Jointly manage. God bless, Chair. It will help us working together with the NPA, with the OCJ, with with the SIU, with the pull together in view of the COVID-19. Now, I've said, Chair. It's important to shift much of the budget. Those are the ones which are geared towards enhancing our IT and modernization because those who are going to need them beyond COVID. So if we're going to develop new, new online applications for maintenance, if we're going to develop new uh, video link for data centers and, and for the AVR, if all those are measures that we are going to sustain beyond COVID-19. So I've said to colleagues, it's important that we put the bulk of the budget on the legacy projects, which are going to basically change our space, than put enough money on uh, 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 paying for consumables for short-term outcomes like deep cleaning, whatever, which after a year also will have forgotten about what we spent, but I think the, the uh, including the state capture. And I think the state capture must round off so that the NPA can take over those measures. I must say that there's post underway basically which which the NDPP and the minister facilitated in terms of the sharing of information into the equipment that we have invested in the commissions so that we can take those the NPA and the law enforcement agencies can take over those those investments as part of the legacy project moving forward. So, Chair, we, we will basically appreciate, we'll appreciate if the, if the committee can basically uh, uh, further advise in terms of our, our, our approach in terms uh, uh, in the budget adjustment processes and areas we are, we are basically uh, prioritizing. And uh, in the plan, revised APP, the clear areas of the legacy project. The first one is we are moving towards getting online maintenance services so that people don't need to come to court to come and apply for maintenance. They can upload their applications, fill their forms, 
uh, submit their pay slips and everything. They only come to court for a date for a date of hearing for them to get a judgment. Master services were developing online applications so that people can apply for executorship, letters of appointment from home. They only come to court to come and pick up the order of the court. And all those are part of the legacy project we say we're going to leverage from this money we're putting aside so that beyond COVID-19, we must say that we have changed our space. The third point, Chair, we are doing away with cash transactions. Uh, I see the, the network. We are doing away with cash payments. I've said to colleagues, there is a tender which leads to cash intensity. And that tender money is deposited at the court. At times, in Johannesburg court, on a day, they deposit 14,000. We pay the security company 40,000 to come and take 13,000 to go and bank it. So we say, instead of issuing a tender on cash intransit, we are buying speed points. And we are telling people to pay bait either at the bank or pay by speed point and we'll give them a, a sanitizer after they press their numbers. The money gets from the speed point to the bank, no cash in the cost. So it's one of our legacy projects. Court fines, bail, maintenance, we want to make sure that the money gets kept where it's supposed to be kept. Tellers are in the bank. We don't want to employ tellers in the courts. We want to employ people who are going to ensure that they deliver services. But those who handle monies, we must handle them differently. And COVID-19 create that opportunity. And we cannot leave the opportunity to slip out of our hands. Thanks, Chair. Those are the, con uh, the, the, the basically the conclusions I wanted to share with the committee. And uh, we are welcome to get further uh, inputs and guidance and, uh, and critique from the committee. And we apologize for the, for the IT glitches. It's one of the areas we must, we must improve because this is going to be our life. We don't want costs to be postponed because the virtual trials get interrupted from time to time. And if we're not going to invest in this aspect, we are not going to get it. We are not going to win the day at the end of the day. Thanks, Chair, for the opportunity and the honorable members. Thank you very much. Um, <clears throat> I have the following members. Um, honorable Glennis Breitenbach. Uh, honorable, let me check. Honorable Horn, followed by Honorable Swart, followed by Honorable Hisham Mohammed. Uh, Honorable Maseko Jele, and then the last one would be Honorable J.K. Mufugeng for now, in that order. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chair. Uh, thank you for the presentation, which has now miraculously appeared on my screen uh, when I no longer need it. Um, so are we asking questions to Justice and the NPI together, or are we doing them separately? No, I think it's better to ask both to both of them. Thank you very much. Um, so for, for Mr. Skosana, um, um, I hear this last input of yours about maintenance in the master's office all becoming electronic and these electronic transactions, and it sounds too wonderful. Uh, real 21st century stuff. Um, so if, if that can be successfully implemented, how marvelous. But... Um, I need a little bit more detail about how you're going to actually do it, bearing in mind that the integrated criminal justice system has gone nowhere in 20 years. Uh, why would you be able to implement these wonderful ideas if you 
if you can't get the integrated criminal justice system off the ground, I, I'd just like a little bit more detail there, please. Or, or is this also going to only happen in around 20 years? Uh, and then uh, I'm sure my colleagues will cover other questions on, on those issues. I'm interested in the backlog. Um, this is to either the Department of Justice or, or the NPA. Um, the backlog has increased exponentially uh, since 2019, uh, and even more so between March 2020 and May 2020, thanks to the uh, uh, criminalization of the entire South African population as a result of, uh, of the uh, Disaster Management Act regulations. Um, one of the plans to deal with this was uh, extended court hours. Uh, how are these extended court hours going to be accommodated, um, bearing in mind the budget cuts and the uh, appointment of personnel cuts? And then to the NPA specifically, there's a, a serious reduction of cases finalized as a result of COVID, and that's uh, understandable. And the uh, appointment of aspirant prosecutors has been moved down from 400 to 200. Um, and you say you may be able to increase that 200, which is good news. But um, how are you going to deal with a reduction in cases finalized as a result of COVID? So, again, the growing backlog, uh, cut budget, unlikely extended court hours is going to fly. Uh, what are we going to be doing about this, this growing backlog? Uh, what are we going to be doing about, uh, is, there, is there a plan in place? Because, um, you know, there's been a lot of talk about it, but is there a plan in place to deal with all of those people who were given um, notices to appear in court for stepping onto the beach uh, or, or collecting their children from the beach or whatever? Um, are those matters being dealt with? And what is happening to the people who paid admission of guilt? Um, has a plan been put in place to deal with this issue? Uh, we can't have the entire population being criminalized because uh, because of regulations that are uh, decidedly questionable. Uh, and then also, uh, have has the avenue of civil recovery of uh, money stolen uh, during state capture been fully explored? And is while this doesn't require the intervention or the involvement of the police or the NPA or even the criminal justice administration, uh, is the NPA and or the Department of Justice advising other departments uh, about this possibility of civil recovery of debt? Uh, the burden of proof is much lower. Mm -hmm. uh, the special tribunal of the SIU could be used in this regard more optimally. Uh, is this being explored and what advice has been given in this regard? Thank you. Uh, thank you, Honorable Bredenbach. Uh, Honorable Horn. Yeah, thank you, Chair. Um, yeah, let me firstly say I was similarly um, a bit disturbed when at first the investment in ICT was linked to the integrated criminal justice system, but towards the end of Advocate Kosana's um, input regarding the what he called the legacy projects, I think uh, th that input made a lot more sense. Uh, so it uh, it is to be welcomed that that uh, permanent AVR systems uh, is seen as part of of the spend now the investment in ICT. 
Um, but I would urge that the department similarly look into uh, setting up the necessary systems to deal with first appearances and postponements in, 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 in criminal courts and at the civil courts applications and motions um, on a medium or long-term basis so that the, the spending there also allows for a, a a more seamless process on a, on virtual platforms and and if if covid is going to be with us for 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 a year and a half or two years to come then then uh, that is obviously an, a need for now given also the information as to how court buildings are shut down at the moment there is somebody who tests positive um, but but that also can be a, a legacy project uh, so I would like to 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 urge the department to consider that as well. Uh, then, chair, the other question to the Department of Justice is regarding the uh, cut in respect of the court infrastructure spend to the amount of 122 million rand. And the worry here is that we come from a few years where. There was an underspending in respect of uh, maintenance and the upgrading of court infrastructure on the one hand. And then given the briefings we've had recently of the SIU, the, the situation is compounded by the fact that where there was projects undertaken, uh, it's rarely completed in time. And then there is in certain instances uh, literally a doubling in, in the spend that goes into court infrastructure. So I think we must ask for detail as to how this 122 million rand will be cut, from which projects is it to be cut? Is it in respect of new build pro programs? Is it in respect of maintenance and the upgrade of, of, of uh courts that has been identified. So further and specific details in, in that regard, I think, must be given to the committee. Uh, then, Chair, to the NPA, um, I must firstly say that, obviously, to, to maintain frontline services, it makes sense to cut on the aspirant prosecutors program. Uh, but then, if we take into consideration uh, the analysis shared by the NDPP a while after she took office in respect of uh, capacity and expertise within the NPA and where the aspirant prosecutors program was billed as a, as a critical component of fixing this over the medium term. I think we must ask what impact, not this year, because we, we hear that they say they will be able to fully implement their APP, but what, what knock-on effect, what ripple effect will it have on the ability to strengthen the, the prosecution services in, in the few years to come if the number of aspirant prosecutors is now cut from 400 to 200? The NDPP might mention again of the, the impact of loss of staff due to re resignations, re retirements, uh, some NPA uh, officials moving to the magistracy. So I think it, it's good to hear that they will, will maintain what they have this year, 
but I think we must be informed as to what the knock-on effect in the years to come will be. Thank you. Thank you very much, Honorable uh, Mohammed. Swat. I thought it was Swat now, okay? Yes. Sorry, Honorable Swat. Honorable Swat. I don't mind, but okay, thank you. I just thought the list you gave. Well, firstly, just to commend the acting DG, the news is far better than we expected, um, given what was initially indicated of what the reductions will be, and the cuts are far less, and the savings, and I think the department has done um, relatively well under the circumstances to reprioritize and to make sure that services are being delivered. But I think what my colleagues have indicated is with what we've happened with the savings and the reduced court processes, obviously this has increased the backlogs. And that is something that both the NPA and of course court services will be have to look at. And one of the issues relates to the reduction of the budget of court services. So I'm just the one question is with the reduction on court services, will that reduce the ability to address the backlogs? Obviously that is a massive concern. Now, of course, to alleviate the backlogs, I'm going to ask the Deputy Minister if he can come in on the progress that has been made with what the committee indicated was draft legislation to address the prosecutions of the 230,000 people that were arrested under the disaster management regulations. The committee gave a deadline for the end of July and possibly we could get an update on that because that will obviously help alleviate the backlogs if we can look at that issue when it comes to um, looking at, at that issue relating to the sentences and for admissions of guilt um, criminal records. The, as far as the NPA, I would, I would like to um, touch on the issue that we've been raising from the ACDB for a long time and that is the ability of civil recovery and we appreciate the budget constraints but just I think what, what you've done, uh, the, the 28 bank accounts that were frozen on the URF fraud is amazing uh, under these conditions. Really well done there. But there's so much more to be done, and we appreciate that. Do these budget reductions um, give, or, or will you still be able to recover? And, and why it's so important is this issue came up with the National Treasury, and will be debated this afternoon in Parliament, where National Treasury doesn't possibly appreciate that you're able together with the SIU, National Prosecuting Authority, recover billions that are sitting overseas if you're given the resources. And so it's so important to be aware, you're surely aware of the SWIFT banking system, the civil courts in, in foreign jurisdictions, and the usage. Now, this is the key part, the usage of artificial intelligence applications when it comes to tracing banks across the world. Now, we're talking about IT. Surely that should be something to look into the purchasing of artificial intelligence applications. They're currently in use in the private sector in South Africa to trace the progress of suspicious transfers from bank to bank. The Financial Intelligence Center would, would be make use of that. It is key because we can have quick win situations. And foreign jurisdictions will want to help us because they want to, they understand a sovereign debt crisis is looming if we don't do something urgently. So I'm fully supportive. The President Ramaphosa said he will he, uh, capacitate 
The Minister of Finances has appreciated that, but in discussions last week, I don't think National Treasury had a full appreciation of what the justice system can do, what the National Prosecuting Authority, the, the, the Investigative Directorate, the SIU can together do with the special tribunals, even in international jurisdictions to recover ill-gotten gains. And so I want to encourage you firstly, but just to also ask you, is there progress in that using the SWIFT banking systems across the world and the possibility maybe to look into a project of um, getting the, the artificial intelligence applications where one can recover those issues. Lastly, then, to the acting DG, the issue about the virtual trials, the virtual issues, you touched on that given the, the, the um, challenges we're experiencing today. Is this something that is occurring in court settings where we have been challenges with virtual motions, whatever has been done with a lack of sufficient IT capacity. The very last question is, has the department look into the zero-based budgeting going forward that the Minister of Finance has indicated will be something that one will have to look at? And possibly you might give us an indication of how you are looking at to prepare for zero-based budgets in going forward. Thank you so much, Chairperson. Thank you. Uh, Honorable Mohammed. Thank, thank you very much, Chairperson. Um, let me firstly say to both the colleagues from NPA and Justice um, for a very good presentation and for trying very hard under very difficult, unknown circumstances. And I can see the work and lots of hours behind the scene that we don't see. Some of us would know what happens on operationally. And this is this, this is well done. In fact, from looking at what's happening on the court at the courts on, on a daily basis, I, I can just want to assure colleagues here and, and members, um, this is this is very good work uh, because many many of the uh, managers are also affected, and, and suddenly you don't have the capacity out of the blue, and you've got to sit yourself. So thank you for that. I want to just uh, focus on the NPA quickly uh, on the adjustment budget. Uh, as presented, um, the aspirant prosecutors. Now we know that program. Uh, I don't know when we say that's the first place we've been into cut. Uh, I, I, I thought uh, that's a concern because we know that's empowering for young people. It's the entry to the to the access to justice uh, and understand that you're to half basically because of budget cuts. Um, I thought you would go more on the smaller items. Uh, and uh, on the budget items in, in, in order to avoid a, a massive 50%. But uh, nevertheless, my question on it would be, is there any outside attempt to find outside international funding for aspirant prosecutors? Because that's not an operational funding issue. It's a more empowerment, uh, human development uh, project, which, which is necessary. And I'm sure there would be a lot of interest in funding such a project. I know we had difficulties previously about international funding, but this is something which certainly would go well because it's an empowerment uh, uh, training program, program, nothing to do with direct operation. So then um, on the traveling, travel and fleet saving, I just wanted to check, you spoke about NDPP, about coordination with, with the Department of Justice, just to make sure that, that there is also coordination on fleet 
supply. I know prosecutors travel sometimes mostly uh, separately, but I think this times have now come where clerks, there's nothing wrong with a clerk and interpreters uh, traveling with prosecutors, although some counsel may have problem with that, I know, in, in trials. Um, then just on the decontamination, again, I hope there's coordination. The question is, and I'm sure Justice will answer, on we know there's abuse with regard to contracts uh, by outside parties when it comes to, to decontamination of buildings in air, office areas. And I think there should be a centrality of this operation itself for all the entities, and that is more to justice, uh, not just with justice or NPA, but also SIU and all the other entities. I'm sure it's been done. Just, I just need a confirmation. And then lastly on the NPA, uh, I just want to check whether the witness fee, I didn't see that item, but that's probably under justice currently. I just want to check why is witness fees not transferred to NPA? And that's to justice and to NPA. But what would be the reason for that? Uh, I've been grappling with that one for many, many years. That's why I'm asking deliberately. What, what is, is, is it going to stay with justice and why? Um, when I say to Mr. Rodney Kirk at the time, your witness in Divani is a hopeless case. is going to be rejected. I can't spend 15,000 uh, pounds on him. Yeah, that would be interfering with the, with the prosecuting authority. Right. Uh, and whether it's a wasteful expenditure at the end of the day when the court services out the witness. But I think such decision should be the NPA, in my view. Um, coming to my colleague in justice, uh, acting DG, just on, um, I would say that top management is a priority in terms of filling the post, you're right. Uh, but cutting the ground too much because court services are large, we need to be very careful. Uh, my view would be that we focus on middle management cutting. You see, the middle person is not critical, as you know, in terms of court operations. It's the top management to give strategic direction and policy directive, and the people who really do the work in the court. Uh, so uh, you may want to have a look at that. Maybe you did already. I didn't see it in the slides. Um, because there you can save quite a lot. Uh, that's just a personal view in terms of middle management. That we don't need many of them. And then just on auxiliary service or capital projects, uh, I just wanted to check what, what is the cumulative amount of saving on capital projects which can be, which, uh, which, which, which helps the, the COVID-19 cuts. Uh, just a, a more or less a, an amount. I'm talking about that amount where building hasn't started, your level one, two, and three category of, of, of capital works. If I can just get an idea. And then last, last, second last, whether the IT infrastructure or contingency plan, uh, what's the amount that the budget has for contingency? Uh, I'm referring to, for example, the incident of Mojapay, and suddenly you had to carve out uh, resources to that effect. And then uh, very last, virtual, the AVR, is there any plan with regard to spending some funds to a few High courts where judges have asked for it, or especially JPs, uh, with regard to having AVR at their particular high court uh, to that effect. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. Thank you very much, um, Honorable Master Kojale. Thank you, Chairperson. And thank you very much for 
the, the departments for, 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 for good presentations uh, that we have just received this morning. Indeed, in, in echoing the, the, the work of, in fact, the words of uh, Honorable Hisham, uh, I just want to say it's, I, I can say it's good work that, uh, and the effort that went through this presentation and the cutting and, and all that. Thank you very much. Uh, but I'm also interested in, in, in a few questions, Chairperson, here. Uh, for Advocate Tosana, I see that, in fact, I'm happy that uh, we do, in our plans, we have uh, planned for, for, for putting some, in fact, to starting work on, 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 on issues of the new, the, the reviewing of the old apartheid uh, legislations. And I, I, I would like to see going forward, because these are the issues that I think that they need to be given priority, uh, Advocate Kosana. And together with this one of uh, establishment of a single judiciary system, those ones to me are, are supposed to be on the agenda. They are, uh, they are very much important uh, because uh, they are going to assist us to realize to realize the the, 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 the dream of one rainbow nation. Uh, as for now, we're still struggling to have that and one dream to have a dream that one day indeed South Africa will be a one rainbow nation. So but my question on this one will be uh, have you thought of uh, getting a team maybe that will work on this so that each time when you come at least you, you give us a progress as to we are at this level and then we have done one two one two three because this is these are one of the things that we would like to see uh, before the end of this six uh, six uh, parliamentary uh, so I just want to see if maybe have you thought of at least having a team that will daily work on this on, on these issues that I've mentioned. But also I want to welcome uh, your 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 plan on on these on the on the legally on the legacy legacy and programs. They are very much encouraging. Uh, Especially, I was going to ask questions on the maintenance, but because of what you have presented, you have already answered me that there is work that is going to be happening, and indeed, there will be a, 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 a speed up on, 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 on issues that will be taking place in terms of the orders and all those things. But I also want to hear the plans that you have on the master's office, because remember, there was this, there was a, 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 there were reports, and then we know that, that there were files meet, missing, and also some of them were banned. Uh, I can't say deliberately or what, but something happened in, 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 in those offices. I'm not sure, particularly in Johannesburg, if I'm mistaken, but how are we going to 
recollected that information? Have you thought about that? How are we going to get the information that we might have missed uh, coming out of those files? If you can just uh, uh, say something on that one. But uh, lastly, I, I want to go to the NPA. I welcome the no-cut budget on the ID. I think my colleagues have already spoken in terms of how important uh, that uh, a, a, a division, division is. But I want to find out, because we need a lot of resources that are sitting outside there, which wage out, out of uh, uh, corruption. So we have emphasized that so much, Advocate Batoy, that we are leaving everything to you to assist us to make sure that uh, COVID has just uh, uh, ravaged us so much and also but also assisted, assisted us to get this potential from you guys of, of planning the way you have planned, even if it's bad, but something good came out of that. So we are expecting more uh, out of your capability uh, in terms of responding to these problems that came about or which were exposed by this COVID-19. But lastly, uh, Advocate Patoy, I don't know if maybe you saw the uh, breaking news this morning, very disturbing, that there is a top advocate by the name of certain Thai who has been moonlighting uh, for government after he has been uh, despaired. I don't know, maybe you have a comment on that one. Uh, but Chairperson, uh, for now, I'll stop here. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Honorable Mfuke. Uh, thank you very much, Chairperson. And uh, I welcome the presentation by Advocate Batoya team and Advocate Kosana. Chair, I want to say on the issue that was raised by Maseko Jelen now about the advocate, I think it opens more to this matter that we can shelf it for some time because one has been worried about those acting magistrates that are having also their practices. And you find people that are in their practices still go and appear in front of them. There's a lot into that. Maybe we can leave it for some time, but uh, it actually goes to that issue. Chair, I want to check also on the issue of uh, the budget cuts. I'm worried about the building and the fixed structures because of the challenges that we are still having of buildings that are not complete. And I think I raised it even sometime last year on the Mamelodi building. And I wish that uh, at some stage uh, we should get a presentation on what is going to happen because the Mamelodi people are saying that building is a hive of criminal activities. And I don't think it can be right that we leave it in that way and say that something will happen. We should know after COVID-19, whatever dates and when are we going to be looking at this. One welcomes the, you know, the challenges that you are having and the budgets, both NPA and actually the Department of Justice. But now I want to understand about the communication budget as estimated by it's almost on 5 million on all that. And I'm asking myself that, are you now going to have the plan, especially the one in DOJ, 
that we should do things differently, that people cannot be coming to courts in numbers to protest. They have a right to protest, but you should have rules now on how you come there and do things as you give them permission. One becomes worried because we are going to be sitting with COVID-19 for some time and looking at what is happening at the courts, people going there unprotected and all that, we really need to be thinking about the going forward if we are serious on making sure that we don't want this COVID-19 to be staying with us for some time. The next part, it will be the issue that one is worried about the extended court hours. I think uh, Honorable Glennis Bretonback uh, raised it. And then you look at the budget cards. Can you maybe explain to us what is going to happen? Noting all the backlogs we discussed last time, and it goes the same to NPA to say that they also, National Prosecution had a budget card, and they only get a little funding for COVID-19 from COVID-19. And you ask yourself, what is going to happen? Because all those challenges are hitting both. And uh, we want to know all that is going to happen. I want to welcome the cashless uh, process uh, uh, advocate, Eskosane. Uh, it's long overdue. And But as we do it, do it also with a plan of why are you doing it? You are doing it because you don't want the cash that you pay for collecting. We should also use it as a monetary mechanism because all those things with dirty money that is going to be coming from the banks, you'll be able to monitor now on that. Be have that in mind that uh, it's not just going to be receiving money. It's also going to be monitoring if somebody can pay a bail of 10 or, or, or of uh, 50 million or 10 million, where does it come? Up? Example on those things. But I'm trying to say we need to be checking on things like this. Then going to the issue of the NPA, I think we need to really give them time, Chair, because I noted that there will be a quarterly performance report that will be coming on the 3rd of August. And one is looking forward to see what is going to happen and give them time to understand some of these things. At the same time, I am also worried about the slide 22 that is from the court services. And I wish that uh, maybe we can get more onto that because it goes back to what was raised by uh, Advocate Breitenbach about uh, the backlogs and all that extended uh, time that is there. I'm worried about the violation of the regulations. We had a lot on that. The state capture is getting more money, is welcome, but we should understand on why did it get so much? What is it that we don't know that is coming? And the time that is given, is it more than what we know? It's, it's actually something. Lastly, Chair, is on the issue of the master's office. This integrated process, we should get a plan on it. Uh, advocate, uh, uh, I think, uh, Honorable Maseko and Honorable Glennis, uh, they are correct to say that uh, we need to know more into this because we cannot just be happy that there's an integrated process. We need to get a plan on the presentation so that we can be able to go further in understanding. Chair, I want to leave it for now. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Honorable Newport Trahans. Um, thank you, Chair. 
And thank you very much to all the presentations, pre presenters. I just have one question related to the Tutuzela Care Centres. And I think I saw that it was briefly mentioned on one of the presentations uh, about AVR. Uh, does it mean that all the TCCs have um, AVR facilities equipment already? And if not all of them have the equipment, will the budget cuts affect um, affect gender-based violence um, interventions? And will it affect the AVRs being installed? Thank you very much, Chair. No, thank you very much. Um, I've got, I think, one or two questions. The first one is no, no, about... You did not note my end. Oh, I did not see you here, Honorable Ndlozi, in this meeting chat. You did raise your hand. No, that's fine. Honorable Ndlozi. Thank you kindly, Chairperson. Um, may I begin uh, basically with, uh, because of this uh, opportunity and this, this I think ought to, uh, you, will, you will guide me, Chairperson, but uh, before I get into the presentations, I think we, we as a committee and in fact indeed as a whole parliament have to take exception to the Chief Justice's comments in relation to Palestine and Israel. And I want to make a, a request, uh, Chairperson, of that consideration that as a committee of uh, justice, uh, which exercises all forms of oversight, uh, you know, express our exception. The Chief Justice ought to know that Israel is in violation of many international laws. Uh, Chairperson, point of order, please. Point of order. Who's speaking? Steve Swartia, Chair. I what have a point, a point of order. What I is a point believe Dr. Ndlozi is casting aspersions on the Chief Justice. He knows the rules do not permit aspersions to be cast on a person who is appointed by Parliament. And this is not relevant to today's discussion. And I would ask you to rule on it that we get on with the business of the day. Thank you, Chair. Point of order, Chairperson. I think, uh, okay, let me allow the point of order, Honorable Mufuke. Chair, I think because Honorable Dozi has not been in this committee for some time, I think we have a day with the Chief Justice, and I'll also say that let us deal with the business of the day. Thank you. Okay, any other person on this issue before I rule? Yeah, Chair. Mohammed. Honorable Mohammed. Yeah, no, no, I want to concur uh, with Honorable Swartz and Mofi King. Uh, obviously, we would want to express ourselves very, 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 very strongly on the issue, but not today. I think we have the agenda points. If there is a special need to discuss this, certainly I'm sure you will consider it. Uh, but I want to say uh, we don't want to, we want to focus on the adjustment budget today, uh, but we all have very strong views on the matter. Thanks. Chair, it's Werner Horn. Honorable Horn. Yeah, no, I, I, look, I agree with colleagues. I think it is um, unfair of the Honorable Dr. Nglosi to try and blindside the committee on a day which we have a very specific agenda item to uh, when it's his time to interrogate the presentations. 
to come and, and, and try and force the committee into a corner to adopt a position he, he wants us to adopt without the matter being properly ventilated. Uh, I propose, as other colleagues, that we stick strictly to the agenda item. And if Dr. Nglose wants the committee to deal with the issue, he can obviously write to you as chair so that a meeting with that on the agenda can be, be uh, uh, scheduled. Thank you. Uh, chair is Honourable Pretenbach. Thank you. I support the submission of Honourable Horn and other members. Thank you. Thank you very much. Honourable members. Chair, I'm also adding my voice there. Thank you, Chair. Honourable Masako Tele. I was okay. saying I'm adding my voice in support of uh, our members. Okay. Now, uh, honourable members, I think uh, what honourable Ndlozo was raising is that a consideration be made. Um, and I would advise that uh, his party is within its right to make a motion in parliament for that issue to be debated. Um, but I don't think that by merely requesting that a matter be discussed, you are casting aspersions on anyone. But however, I do think that this, this meeting called in terms of the money bills amendment procedures has to deal with the, uh, with the budget, uh, uh, supplement, the supplementary budget. However, I think um, it is well in order for, for a party to have a motion that can be debated in parliament or to propose that in the next meeting of a committee or any other time this matter be discussed. To that extent, I don't think that he is out of order. In fact, he is casting aspersions. But to the extent of relevance, Chair, you muted your mic. Chair, you've muted your mic. Okay. So must I start from the beginning? Sorry, can I start We're from the beginning? Relevance, just the last picture. Oh, yes. yes. I'm saying that in terms of relevance for today's discussions, I, I, I think my ruling is that we should stick to the supplementary budget. But if the party feels strong that the matter be discussed uh, in the in the house or any other time by the committee, I think uh, uh, necessary arrangements should be made. But in terms of casting as passions, because uh, he he was just saying that he thinks that we should discuss this matter. So I would think that um, uh, in terms of relevance to the matters of today, I, I think that uh, we, we should focus on the supplementary budget. Thanks, Chair. I, I welcome the ruling. It's indeed very fair. And I would uh, like to emphasize that I do think that there must be a consideration uh, of those comments by the Chief Justice. No one is above the law. And, uh, and I will uh, subject myself to uh, the fact that it be deferred to a, a relevant time. That is okay. Uh, coming to, to, to the discussions of today, um, the, the opening um, comments of the Department of Justice speak to the general principles uh, and, you know, of, of, of the budget. Uh, the conceptual term that consistently comes up is like budget cuts. And I think um, 
it's it's important to to indicate that uh, it, it's it's a generally misguided approach that treasury has taken because austerity measures have never resulted in any economic development and growth anywhere in the world and these cuts uh, are not necessary at all and i do think that they will result in many instances across the country and indeed uh, with uh, the department's work uh, to 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 uh, you know, an, a negative impact on service delivery. So that's that's the first thing. The second thing relates to uh, the comments that that relate to the backlog of cases. I think it's unfair, really, uh, and I, I know the department will comment on this. It's unfair, really, to to blame the regulations in relation to COVID nineteen, which were necessary. Uh, it was necessary for the country to to stop people from gathering, whether it be at the beach, uh, whether or any other place, uh, or enjoying any leisure. It was, those level lockdown five was necessary, and people that you know violated or uh, engaged in any violations of these regulations must be held accountable. What we should be asking is more resource. And, uh, and and for, for, for those prosecutions to take place and to take place speedily. And we must be ready because we are going to be dealing with COVID-19 for some time. And therefore, we've got to project indeed that there's going to be violations that have to be dealt with and have to be dealt with speedily. So the resolution is not to criticize the, re- the regulations, but is to make a comment about the, the urgent need and the consistent need that government ought to deploy resources so that our fight for COVID-19 is also articulated at the level of fighting those who are undermining the regulations, those who are undermining the fight against the spread of coronavirus. Uh, So that's that's the other thing. And then, uh, you know, even in the budget, the the, the budget that's presented by, by the Minister of Finance, there was a glaring absence of gender-based violence. The president on the 17th of June made a commitment of 1.6 billion uh, that will be dedicated to the fight on gender-based violence. Where is this 1.6 billion? Particularly the promise that it will come uh, to the prosecutorial uh, 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 capacity in relation to these cases. Uh, in relation to the speedy resolution of gender-based violence cases. There was a commitment on 17 June. It's now nowhere. I mean, even now we are talking about cuts. You, you, you shouldn't be expecting uh, the reduction from 400 uh, to 200, uh, as the uh, NPS indicated. You should be expecting more because there was a commitment of 1.6 billion that is going to be prioritized to fight gender-based violence in which prosecutors uh, are mentioned explicitly in the speech of the president. So that's an, maybe the, it's the question either to the, uh, the, uh, the deputy minister, I understand is here, it would have been more relevant to be dealt with as well by the, the minister. But we've got to ask the question, what happened to that promise? But also in all the articulations uh, by both the NPA and the department, there is very little mention of a fight that has to be put. What are you guys going to do explicitly in this financial year to respond not only to gender-based violence, but to the killing of children? 
that uh, uh, is mounting. Uh, I mean, in the last few weeks, we've seen that it's a, it's a, it's a real issue in relation uh, to, to the rest of us have said that, but there's no, there's no strategic commitment. I would like them to speak pragmatically around that question. Um, except, you know, the, the, the laws that are going to be amended and so on and so forth. And then the last uh, set of comments, uh, Honorable Chairperson, I saw in the budget there, they say they saved money, the department that is, um, on accommodation and travels. Can they give a figure? How much did you spend there? How much do you said you, 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 you saved money? How much did you save so that we know it's this figure and this is what it's going to be doing? You just mentioned it in passing. Um, and then the, D, the, 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 the acting uh, DG indicated that uh, the state will be getting an additional 42 million. Um, but can you indicate how much has been spent up to this point by the Commission of Inquiry? How much has been spent at this stage uh, uh, now that we are giving them an additional? It's additional to what? Um, and then he also indicated that the commission has to wrap up its work so that uh, the NPA can take over and prosecute. It's not clear whether this is the view of the acting DG or they've told the commission or if, if it is the entire government's view. Can he please clarify that as well? And then, uh, and then finally, Chairperson, um, uh, 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 I really think that it's just the final re-emphasis on austerity will lead us nowhere. These budget cuts are misinformed and they will affect service delivery and they will never lead to any growth or economic development. Thank you very much. Now, thank you very much, uh, Honorable Rose. Um, I think um, I, I have two questions. One, I would start where Honorable Ngozi ended uh, with regard to the Zondo Commission. Whether the department tried to establish as to what are the cost drivers in that commission. Um, and is there any fact that was supposed to have been cut? Um, because if you look at everybody is tightening his or her belt. Um, we can't be funding an institution without transparency as to what are the cost drivers that is driving the cost to be high in that, uh, in that uh, institution. My second question is this issue of case lines. I understand that they are in Gauteng. Currently, uh, they are uh, they are uh, working fairly well in Gauteng. When are they going to be rolled out to other provinces? Those are my two questions. Um, over to you, uh, Department and NPA. If Minister, you want to start, maybe you, you should uh, start, uh, Deputy Minister. Uh, Chair, I'll rather come at the end, please. Thanks. No, that's fine. Um, acting teacher. Uh, uh, thanks, uh, honourable members, Chair, and honourable members, and uh, Deputy Minister. 
uh, as I've, um, I'll, I'll try to, to cover uh, those questions. We've got the uh, uh, comments and replies, and uh, my team, which are on the participation list, when the meeting will also add in, in uh, uh, where I've missed whatever. And the uh, chair, although I am giving all the views, whatever. This is a, 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 a joint effort, which obviously uh, uh, comes from the ex collective and the management as a whole. I welcome the comments and questions. And I think uh, they basically amplify and embellish uh, the viewpoint. And we'll take them forward in terms of how we're going to, to deal with aspects. Now, Chair, uh, I'll start with the uh, uh, Honorable Wittenbach. Uh, uh, yes. We agree that IJS has not been uh, has not yielded what delivered when to us many many years ago for in the national crime prevention strategy of 1996 and uh, and I think that its cognition has now come to the fore and there are, there are efforts in fact there are already um, efforts which have been put forward to revive and to relaunch that program and I think minister is going to cabinet. And uh, at the end of July this this year, the JCPS ministers are meeting next on the 16th to look at that revamped program. And I think uh, uh, there will be an opportunity to 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 feed into the into parliament what are the kind of changes in this space and uh, 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 and also acknowledging some of the happenings which we need to sustain from the past 20 years and some of the things we need to dump because they have not they have not worked out. Some of the issues need to build on. So IJS has become to the forefront, come to the forefront due to COVID-19, and I think we welcome the efforts. If it was not done in 20 years, and if it cannot be done under COVID-19 legacy project, then it's not worthy worthy to be to be to be funded by taxpayers. So, and I think that's the approach we're coming to, and. Uh, uh, we, we are hopeful that now it will kind of move forward in terms of those identified areas around maintenance, uh, around the um, uh, case backlogs and all those matters, virtual courts, uh, applications, motions will come to later on, etc. The case backlog program chair is, is, is slowly getting uh, off the ground, and I think Minister say when he answered the portfolio committee that uh, the greatest uh, effort uh, and uh, effort and endeavour has been to, to put. To bring the judiciary on board in terms of that, because in terms of our our our, our legal framework, uh, 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 the 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 case uh, management ex uh, uh, responsibility lies the judiciary with basically the NPA legal aid and all the uh, the supporting structures uh, uh, participate in that process, and so we needed to make sure that it's it's it's, it's been driven from the perspective from the side of the department NPA. The structure has been put in place. We are talking. And with that program is uh, is already a fine tuned in terms of those extra hours and and we are making sure that even in terms of the budget cuts we are not going to cut at the core. So when we say court services cuts, we are saying court services a branch, not necessarily the courts themselves. So within the court services, and I think we might put it very uh, very clearly, eloquently. Within court services, there are certain layers. Of operations and management, so we are targeting on those areas where there's less uh, impact on the courts. But we start from the bottom-up approach. We sustain business, continue the courts, and safeguard those courts 
and make sure that we, we, we basically interfere with those areas which are very uh, are not critical to sustaining our business processes. And part of it, I can just say, around the cashless situation, in every big court, we have what we call cash halls. The cash halls, cash halls uh, functionality is mainly uh, exchanging cash for bail, court, uh, court maintenance, whatever. Now we say, if we are moving towards a cashless a cashless system, and we're going to move away from the from the guidance from the cash and transit companies that, that transport monies. Already, those savings should be should basically be channeled towards sustaining what is needed in the courtroom. So we're moving people from cash on, so that you move the people into a courtroom. So we're not and that kind of conversation will also be taken into account in terms of that. On the whole, yes, it's, well, I think COVID-19 has shown the opportunity to basically uh, move forward with the need to create a more reliable and credible virtual platform for our services. And I said, this is the only opportunity where, where the fourth industrial revolution must really come to the center and help not only South Africa, but the world. Because I think it has shown that the IT and the modernization process is very central to this arrangement. Uh, building a uh, building environment, building consent, yes, I must say, and this also answers the question to Honorable uh, Mohammed. Uh, uh, our 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 projected savings on the on the on the infrastructure budget is informed by what DPW and I have committed to spend in this financial year. We went back to them. We are engaging with them. They have told us that. They've got, they, they will, in, in light of one, COVID-19, and two, the reality that the building industry has really, it's on its knees. It's part of that uh, business sectors which need basically to, to, to be revived. They, they, they project an, an expenditure of 378 million, which means of the 800 and, uh, 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 853 million plus that we've put, not 600 and plus, that have been put for the budget for the capital infrastructure 50% will be spent by public works in real terms. Now we say instead of keeping that money idling, whilst we already know upfront that they are going to, 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 to spend on that, let's channel that money to other areas of better use. Now, I could not, one of the plan under the COVID-19 plan is that on the big sites, and we have learned that from police. On the big courts like you are Johannesburg and Etequini courts, we, uh, if the police came with a, a solution there, that once the court, the police station get any uh, crimes or whatever, they still find a police on site, not in the building. There's a laptop there. Somebody's taking measures, and there's communication so that police won't be sent out. We are saying in those busy courts, whatever, we cannot close them. We must come with alternative measures to sustain those businesses. And part of the money we put around from the infrastructure will be channeled towards those kind of or shift in businesses because you can't chase. And I've said I've given this assignment to colleagues today. If you close Alexandra Court. You can't you can't send those people to 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 because the issue of transport, the issue of jurisdiction, the issue of what, what becomes complex. 
it's better to find an alternative measure so where those who are able to come, come. We communicate those that they must come on other days. Those who are already there must be able to be assisted and we can make makeshift arrangements so that there's sustainable evidence is lesser. And then on the uh, 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 yes, I've talked about case, but the, the judiciary is slowly coming on board. And I think to have emphasized uh, to the regional constituents the need to convene the, the, the coordinating structure, the case flow management structure, so that we can get all the stakeholders to, to start in actual implementation of the, of the plan. From our side, we have started measures to put in place the protocol. Clubs have uh, drawing cases which ought to have been dealt with during the lockdowns. And they are putting them in the arranged manner for, 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 for them to be enrolled by the judicial officer as well as the NPA and all the stakeholders. So the, the assistance that we need to provide is already in place. And what we are also saying is that to extend that there will be a need for extra hours to extend there's a need for ex extra calls, whatever, they will, or virtual equipment to manage some of the processes, will then be able to use part of this money which have been put aside from the COVID-19 to do with that, et cetera. I've talked about cash rolls and the virtual platforms and the zero budgeting uh, uh, is also linked to the process. That new areas that we need to get spend, uh, spending uh, for will then find an opportunity to be prioritized as part of this process. Honorable uh, 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 Mohammed, we are very thankful to that suggestion. I think you also come uh, input from an experience that you have had from from having managed our our space in the in the in the Western KPS. Top management is very essential to give direction. Production at the lower level is very essential to provide service delivery. We have to minimize the 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 the, the mental management where we have find an opportunity that we can still do what we do with less hands. Not that. We need to abolish it, and that process is basically uh, taking forward. And, and I think we are also taking that clue uh, in terms of how we can pull together resources in terms of uh, the contamination across the cluster. The National Commission have said to me they've already started to develop, uh, to produce uh, 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 chemicals in their labs so that they can even of, 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 of obviate the cost that they are paying in terms of these processes. And I've said to him, if that's going to be, to be the, uh, the best way to go, let's also see how we can assist the security cluster as a whole, before we, because we can't, we can't promise government. Government is too big to basically be supported by the lab, labs of the police. But if they can assist the courts and crucial centers, it basically it will help save quite a lot of money. And that shows the whole uh, kind of joint uh, working with the colleagues, etc. Honorable Masego Chela, yes, the review on the apartheid legislation is at the center. We are not we has not been uh, taken out of the reprioritized uh, 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 APPs that will be uh, that we were finalized yesterday. Similar with the issue of the single justice system, those will be sustained because that's they are very key to to the transformation process that needs to be still sustained as we move forward, etc. And you'll be excited to 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 learn. After I have got to come in, that that's the very same approach we are taking. That of creating a, uh, some teams that should start working on the specifics. Uh, so uh, because I think the the, the 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 capacity challenges that are brought by by COVID nineteen, but also by the by the by government uh, 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 vacancy rate, whatever, 
clearly point that you need more uh, instant areas and we need to take a different approach to put those teams together. So there will be a team that will basically be, uh, be, be which is being established to focus on the re- review and amendment and repeal of the Climate Procedure Act of 1977, as well as many, many other legislation which are central to fighting corruption and gender-based violence that include the whole, uh, the, 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 the prevention of, 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 of organized crimes at the PECA, and I think all those are, those are in, in space to be attended to. Uh, the masters I met with them uh, uh, in terms of the recovery of the lost data, Chair, every crisis to us we take as an opportunity. There was a crisis on Mojapay on the 4th of May, which I apologize to the portfolio committee. And I've said to colleagues, let's give us the, the opportunity to deal with methods differently. We have resuscitated we have the whole issue of payment is already on, 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 on underway. There's a problem case, but we're also looking forward in terms of making sure that we don't get the current of this issue. And part of the process is that we are looking into generating a different business processes of, of payment and of maintenance. And part of what I was saying in terms of virtual application uh, systems is part of the system. Now, in the masters, the 45,000 files were not lost by justice. They were lost by DocuFile. We paid DocuFile 15 million a year to keep our, our, our documents. They lose them, they get damaged by, 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 by hail, etc. Now, they don't even have a clear recovery plan on the damage file. What we have put in place said, because we know the people in respect of who the trust have been opened, we don't have the files. There's a process underway to, to, which is calling back all the persons who are the beneficiaries or who are the 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 the, the, the parties to all those matters to the master's office. There's an original document kept by the by the by the by the parties themselves, and we are using the parties as part of regenerating that that, 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 that those documents which have lost, including the banks, including the lawyers. So all the documents in the master's office are kept in different spaces, and I think there's a process underway to to retrieve those documents. It takes time, but what they've shown us, they've shown us that we've placed reliance on somebody else to manage our information. So. Digitization is becoming very central uh, a project in the space. We are moving away from the outsourced model. I've said instead of paying somebody to manage the system, let's get a digitization program that enables us to save the storage uh, for ourselves. Uh, and uh, as I uh, extend hours, I've dealt with that. Cashless costs, I've dealt with that. And I think I'm going to ask Mr. Tim to speak to. Uh, no, no, that slide was with regard to, 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 the, to, the, to the NPA in terms of the court services uh, 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 prison violation. And then there was a question on the buildings and the honorable Mufuking. Uh, um, yes, Mamelodi court is a challenge, and so is other challenges. We have learned from this process. And here's the good thing which is coming as part of the transformation of the legal also the, the office of the all contracts which GPW and I have entered into well, uh, uh, have not been very strong in terms of the escape process when things start hitting the snake. As a result, once a project is up up to 80% like sports shapestone, and then you experience challenges with, 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 you, you have to rely on the processes of 
business stretch and all those elements. The money which should be which should be channeled towards completing the project gets used to be spent by business practitioners, by all by lawyers and all those process. Whilst the buildings stand still and the matters are being fought in court, the unions are coming in, they're opposing the business plan processes, whatever. Now we say to SG and we say to public works, let's at the same at the same time that we engage in the contractor to build this this infrastructure, let's also anticipate that this is the escape clause. If uh, this measure and an unexpected process comes to teach us, we shall be able to have the right to get out of the contract so that those clause can go on side on the on the sideline to help sa- uh, save. Uh, 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 five companies. Sorry, sorry. Hello? Hello? Can honorable members still hear uh, Advocate Skosana? Because I'm struggling. Maybe I'm the only one. No, you're not the only one, Chair. No, Chair, my interpreter can also hear. Yeah, there's a problem. Yeah, it is really bad. We We can't hear you at all, Advocate Skosana. My apologies, Chair. I don't know up to what space did you hear me, so I can round off the remainder of the items. If I can just get an indication, Honorable Chair, remember? Uh, well, at some point I was convinced that it is my gadget, so I've, I think I heard half of what you were saying. Um, I was convinced that it was my it was my gadget, but I, I that is that is why I asked other honourable members. Um, the, the bigger part of your presentation was not audible on my side. Oh, I apologize. Am I not audible? Hello? Can I, can, am I audible now, Che? Yeah, that's better. Can I, okay, okay. Let me summarize, obviously, those areas which have not covered, I'm sure honorable members will basically revert to us in terms of that. Um, let me reiterate the issue of the infrastructure. Well, firstly, on the issue of the master's recovery plan, I indicated that uh, the doc- most of the documents which were lost or damaged are those documents which uh, were damaged at the off-site storage uh, by DocuFile. And uh, we are putting, uh, we've put in place mechanisms to, re- to recover those documents. And, and uh, because we've got the names and the database of those uh, parties and uh, also the the, the, the the persons who are appointed by the masters, there's a co- co- communication with them to come forward to bring those documents, this kind of stuff. They've, learned, they've taught us a lesson that we need to move with speed in the digitization of the master services uh, so that we are not going to rely on the external st- uh, stakeholders to manage those files for us. Then the next point I was at is was the building environment. I did indicate that, and it was responded to Honorable Fukin that, yes, my melody court has basically come to a standstill, and it's not because of bad problems, but it's because of the, of the contractual challenges with DPW and I. And what we have then engaged and the solution we proposed to, to DPW is that any contract which has been concluded need to have an escape clause so that 
once the contract is the contractor is unable to complete the work, we must be able to opt out of that contract so that DPW can get any other person to complete that project. And that pro, those challenges are confronting not only justice but any all other departments. Our post stone court remains uh, at 89. It's, it's even deteriorating uh, because of the of of, of the non-completion. So. And I think we're working the process and the acting solicitor general is assisting in, de in developing a framework that should, should allow us to get an escape clause so that projects on the infrastructure can basically uh, move forward. Now, the next one was basically uh, that with the extended item, extended court hours. We say that we, uh, that's the process we should manage jointly with the NPA and, and the judiciary, whatever. From our side, we are making sure that there always be support structure, support system in place, including from a budget perspective. If there's a need to facilitate a, a, a overtime, whatever, for extra hours, whatever, let's do that. But we are, man, we are, we are mindful that obviously we have the uh, adequate capacity from the judiciary and the NPA to sustain those additional hours. On the state, I, I, I did talk about the state capture chair. What are, and also to respond to honorable Jones. What I was saying around the state capture, I was reiterating what the High Court said when they granted the extension until the end of March. They said that it is in the interest of South Africans and population that that process is crazy, that we found it necessary. Uh, so <laughs> We can't hear uh, Advocate, uh, Advocate Kosana. Advocate Kosana. You were saying that process, and then after that, we could not hear you. You said the court was saying that it was important that that process, and then we could not hear you after that. Okay. I was saying that uh, in response to Anarone and other Anarone members, the court, it is the court which stated that it is important that the, the state capture commission finalize the investigation process. And what justice is doing, we are giving that funding to the to the to the to the to the, to the commission in order to realize that objective, which is part of the court order. That's the point I wanted to clarify. It's not a thing by justice. We are responding to what were the court judgment that we need to make sure that the commission is put in a position to complete and wrap up its work. And, and, and that's that is what's guiding us. And I think I've asked uh, uh, Mr. Mkembu to talk to exactly how much have we paid to date uh, 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 in terms of the financial year. We will get from the success of the 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 state capture commission how much has been spent but the part which has been exhausted is the investigation uh, uh, component and chair another chair your question was that what are the cost drivers in the state we can't hear you. One, uh, 
we can't hear you, Advocate Kosana. You're saying that what are the cost drivers? After that, we could not hear you. The cost drivers, Honorable are the investigation uh, uh, component and the legal component. There's a team of investigators uh, that are using expensive equipment to investigate. And they, they spend about 18 million per month on investigations, uh, uh, both in terms of the persons and the IT. And then the second cost driver uh, is the legal team, uh, 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 which is basically manageable because members of the legal team, they get put in, 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 in intervals so that they can deal with specific aspects of the, of the evidence. But I said that uh, the, the, where the money has run dry is in the investigation sector and the 42 million being asked is to sustain investigations. Was it audible, Hello? Hi, Che. Uh, Hello, yes. Audible now? Yes. So I've, I've, I, I'm, I'm about to complete the, 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 the responses. I was just saying that uh, I've indicated the the the, expenditure, the, the, the cost drivers as the investigation mainly, and uh, 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 the other question by Honourable Zozo was where is the 1.6 billion, which was earmarked for the gender-based violence, and wanted to indicate that that 1.6 billion is a total amount earmarked for gender-based violence across all government departments, and in that space we have our own share that have been earmarked as part of that. And that money continue to be used for that purpose of, uh, of, of, of gender-based violence. We cannot use for it for other purposes. That's why it was earmarked across departments so that basically assist in fighting the sketch of gender-based violence. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and Mr. Mtembu will basically give the Let's hope you're not using the same uh, equipment because it's giving us problems. Uh, Unfortunately, Chair, we are sitting in the same boardroom with Advocate Kosana in the same equipment, but I hope I'm audible. Yeah, you are audible for now. Okay, Chair, with regards to the state's capital spending to date, um, 700 million has, has been spent to date uh, with regard to the state's capital spending since its beginning. Um, now, with regard to the, our contribution to the gender-based violence, for this current financial year, the department has put aside 9.2 million uh, to support gender-based violence uh, initiative. But those, those are the special allocations. But you'll understand that uh, naturally, our workers' justice does contribute to, uh, to the gender-based uh, violence. The DG has already covered the issue of zero-based costing, but we are also working closely with Treasury to formulate a model that will also assist us to implement the uh, 
but the approach is new projects. But let's Hello? Uh, thanks, Chair. I'm done with my uh, contribution. Can you repeat the last part? No, no, I was saying with regards to zero-based costing, we are working closely with Treasury uh, to formulate a model that will assist us to, 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 to conduct uh, such exercise, and we are working closely to identify our programs that are part of zero-based over and above the new projects that we've been implementing as the activity has alluded. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, uh, thanks, Chair. It's again uh, uh, J.B. Skosana. Uh, I think there was last question which you asked, Chair, which was not answered. Is the online case, uh, the, uh, the, the, the case online, uh, which is being piloted in Gauteng and partly Western Cape, is a project under the Office of the Chief Justice? And it's basically piloted by the by the deputy chief, by the judge JP Mlambo. From our side, we have basically committed to support that project from the budget perspective of the IJS. But I think they are working on a on a process to roll it out in the in in, in more courts. It's just being piloted for now so that they can basically affect the system. The pilot was was for how long? We advised that the pilot uh, the pilot started to gather ground during the during from uh, from March etc. And I'm advised that pilot will run and it's put to run until the end of this year. And there will be an opportunity to, to build in as they move on. And I think the expansion of the pilot is also dependent on the I'm advised is dependent. On the on the on the on the on the lockdown processes, whatever is depend whether there's going to be certain areas which are going to be coming down to 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 level two or so. Because I think it's JP Lambo who undertakes training in the various province or so. But but we can establish we can establish the, the exact facts in terms of that. From our side, we've put aside the budget support for that initiative. Okay, thank you, thank you, sir. Um, are you done? Are you done, uh, Advocate Kosan? Advocate Kosan, are you done? I'm, I'm, uh, yes, Chair. Except that uh, uh, because I'm, 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 I apologize that the larger part of the of the response were not captured. Unless interesting points, I point us which areas I, I could repeat, I will be able to do so. Chair. And once more, I apologize for the system, and I just hope that. It will not what will be happening in the course. People will still uh, not get acquitted or convicted because the system fails them at the end of the day. Thanks, Chair. Thank you. Um, uh, Advocate Patoy. Honorable Chair, honorable members, uh, thank you very much. Um, I will first call upon Advocate Pierre Smith, who is the Acting Special Director in the Sexual Offences and Community Affairs uh, Unit to address the issues relating to STBB and the Tutuzela Care Centers. Yes. Um, 
Thank you, NDPP, and good morning, Honourable Chair and Honourable Members. Um, I will respond to the questions in relation to gender-based violence for the National Prosecuting Authority. First, I'm going to talk about the question in relation to the ABRs for the Tutela Care Centres. Um, firstly, there aren't any ABRs at the TCCs. What we are looking at with the Integrated Justice System and DOJ um, is a process called Court Audiovisual Solutions which ultimately will benefit the victims of these offences that reported the TCCs to in deliver their testimony from the TCCs linked to any court in the country, and it will also assist um, expert witnesses in the same regard as well. That will be a phased-in process, and ultimately the goal is to have all the sites, of which there are currently 55, to be included in this process. Secondly, there aren't any budget cuts in relation to from the NPA in relation to gender-based violence or the TCCs or any other project in relation to this specialized field of expertise. Um, in relation to um, the, uh, what I should also add, in fact, for the TCCs, as honorable members will know, there's a CARA allocation that we received and we're well on track to implement that process for the establishment of six additional TCCs, which is supposed to be done in this MTF period. The goal is to have five of them established by the end of March 2021, obviously pending lockdown challenges. Secondly, we're also in the process of advertising, which we did, and in the process of filling posts at the current 55 TCCs where there are vacancies, but also incorporated the six sites, new sites that we want to roll out, so that will be positions at the sites for victim assistant officers, site coordinators, and your specialists as case managers, which is on a state advocate level. GBB is a priority matter in the NPA and will stay as a priority matter. It's also included in the NPA APP as it is in the NPS annual performance plan, and it's rolled out and implemented by the DPPs in the different divisions. Well, stakeholder management in this regard is a crucial focus area for us where we collectively work towards dealing with initiatives and projects and addressing the plague of gender-based violence. In relation to um, vulnerable groups, I just wanted to emphasize, as honorable members will know, that as part of the NPA focus, the victim-centric services, all vulnerable groups are resorting under that, which includes children. So Children is for us a focus area in line with that specific project. Just for interest sake, honorable members will possibly recall that I've mentioned it in the past, that at our TCCs, um, we have a percentage of between 55 to 57% on average um, in relation to matters reported with children as victims. Therefore, it is inevitably a focus area for us in that regard as well. In relation to um, our training courses also for prosecutors, I just wanted to add this on because I think it's crucial that honorable members have an understanding why it is such a crucial focus area for us. We've included in our social context awareness sensitivity training a specific curriculum on how to deal with children as victims as well when they are to testify in a court environment as well. So to have that additional expertise as well. Um, I just need to note the following, that obviously lockdown had its own challenges, as honourable members heard, in relation to backlogs, clearly in this regard as well. 
but we've also experienced for the months of April and May, and if you calculate that together, a 48.7% decrease in the number of matters reported at TCCs in comparison to the previous financial year. Now, obviously, the assumption is that would be due to um, the movability of people that were impacted, and therefore it was more challenging for them to report those matters at TCC. Lastly, in our public awareness campaigns, children in relation to any other person that falls within the vulnerable group is a crucial focus area for us to focus on that specifically when we do community radio talk shows or any other form of public awareness to focus on the essence on how we deal collectively with our other stakeholders in relation to children as victims of these atrocities, which will include also the killing, the unfortunate killing of children, which is a huge concern for us at the present stage. So in a nutshell is there is no budget cut in relation to this focus. In fact, we're working towards an increase a focus area also in relation to this regard with the car funding and also if there's going to be a saving we look at possibilities of where we can assist the dpps in relation to specific focus areas and appointments if possible additional to the establishment to assist in relation to sexual offenses specifically which will ultimately also then assist with backlog courts thank you honorable chairperson and um, ndpp that's my response in that regard I hope I've answered all the questions in that regard. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Advocate Smith. Um, if I may proceed, Honourable Chair, um, just to uh, one one just to highlight an issue mentioned um, and the question raised by Honourable Nkosi. I think it is really, um, uh, uh, you know, as as a reactive uh, part of law enforcement, we will the killing of children, as uh, Advocate Smith has has explained, is a is a focus area. But when we have a society where we kill children, it is it is it is something that we as a reactive part of it can't really address. Uh, we will the police will investigate. It is a focus area. We will prosecute. People will be sent to prison. But what is it in the moral fiber of our country that results in us killing children? So that is you know something that we have to look at from a preventative aspect and have strategies to really deal with that uh, issue. But uh, it, it is very, very concerning, I agree. Um, on the issue, uh, uh, Chair, of backlogs that was raised by a number of honorable members, um, as you heard from the acting DG, um, you know, there are um, uh, processes in place to, to sign off on a plan uh, that will address the issue of the, um, of the increased um, impact uh, negatively on the backlogs um, that were already there before COVID-19. So um, I'm given to, um, uh, there was just a, a meeting yesterday when this was further discussed jointly with the various role players. The NPA is, is playing its role um, in that uh, uh, forum to, to address this. Um, and of course, but, but, but honorable members and chair, uh, the backlog problem ha has got to be seen in the context of a, of a much greater efficiency of the criminal justice system problem. And the, 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 certainly the, the impact of, of COVID-19 has exacerbated, um, you know, uh, the issue of backlogs in the court that's trying to be addressed. And, 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 and uh, you know, the various 
uh, stakeholders are sitting around the table to look at, you know, various things that the ADG has talked about, additional hours, um, you know, uh, court sitting outside of normal hours, etc. But, but honorable members, this, this is a greater criminal justice system problem and challenge. And I, and I really think that, you know, we need to address it in that greater context. Um, backlogs have always been a problem. And I've said this before, prior to me leaving the country 10 years ago, there was a backlog project then to address this issue. And, and it was a problem a year ago. It's just been exacerbated now. So I think, you know, you know and, and the judiciary plays a very, very important role together with us as stakeholders in this. So the issue of efficiency of the criminal justice system, uh, which the, the judiciary um, is also leading in, in some instances at various fora, is something we really collectively need to look at in terms of how we can address this, because this is a, a, you know, an age-old problem that the criminal justice system really has to get right. And hopefully, the, as the acting DG says, in every crisis, there's an opportunity. So hopefully, this crisis is going to help us deal with this, and it will hopefully be one of those legacy issues where we're able to issue, where we're able to address the broader inefficiencies in the criminal justice system to ensure uh, better efficiency and and addressing the backlogs in the process. Um, Chair, the issue of the aspirant prosecutor program was raised. Uh, I want to assure honourable members um, that have raised this issue that um, although we initially thought we would need to reduce the, the amount by almost 50%. Um, I'm given to understand that um, it's going to be a lot less than that. And we're actually hoping that we might be able to still recruit close to the full amount, if not all, uh, because we do recognize the importance of the aspirant prosecutor program in bringing in the fresh new capacity at the, at the, at the entry level into the NPA. Um, and to address the, the issue specifically on this raised by Honorable Mohammed about uh, external funding, we were certainly last year because, as you said, you know, it is a sort of training empowerment issue. Um, and we were uh, last year looking at those options, but because we got the increase in the budget, we were able to address that. So for now, the NPA is able to deal with that issue within its, its budget. Um, the issue of the um, <coughs> civil recovery issues uh, that was raised by Honorable Swartz, and I'm not sure if any other members raised this. Um, certainly, um, you know the 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 you know the, the the strategy to deal with corruption is is primarily two pronged, and one is holding accountable those that have. Uh, plundered our, our our state resources, and also I must not, uh, uh, you know, forget the the private sector corruption, um, but also to bring back the money, and that is what the country needs. And so there are various ways in which, both by way of civil recovery, um, as well as the asset forfeiture process, which reside within the NPA. Um, so the, I know that the, the Special Investigation Unit under Advocate Mutivi, uh, with whom we are working very, very closely in various contexts, um, in particular in, in the anti-corruption uh, space, um, that they ha are primarily dealing with civil recovery issues. And yes, you're correct. The, the uh, commencement of the work of the Special Tribunal 
is something that is 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 an you know a tool a very important tool in this particular uh, fight um i should say that we are in the asset recovery space asset forfeiture and recovery space we have also been liaising with advocate uh, motibi to look at how we could possibly even use the the tribunal for um you know the the asset forfeiture processes um that relate to SIU investigations so we are exploring that i should say and and actually uh warn i'm not sure if that's the right word um um honorable members that the the asset forfeiture processes um in recent times um did not escape um the the general uh impact negative impact that law enforcement has seen in recent times and and the the asset forfeiture figures um are are still extremely disappointing and um it it talks to various issues predominantly a resource capacity and and i think strategic leadership has been lacking in that space and so i'm very very pleased that with the the fact that we have advocate um omar abaji online as the new deputy national director of public prosecutions she is she only started on the 1st of june but certainly addressing all of the the lack of strategic direction as well as capacitation within the afu which is uh, which did not progress as fast as we would like to but we are now as you heard from from um uh, hanika fanzel that we are we put together a a, a, a recruitment task team uh and they are they are reporting uh, every week they will be reporting every week in terms of the the progress we're making on recruitment particularly in key areas like asset forfeiture uh and the specialized commercial crime uh courts um and so i'm i'm certainly um hopeful that if not in the q1 report which is due in in 3 weeks time certainly um in in the coming reports that we will be accounting to parliament as the people there will be uh, an upward trend that one is going to start seeing in this space um we are working very very closely um the issue of of artificial intelligence and it and money money flows was also raised i mean this is crucial in fighting corruption uh very often you're not going to get people coming together to say we were in a meeting where we discussed that this is how we're going to corrupt uh the government you look at money flows and so the 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 efforts of the financial intelligence center uh under advocate Tori Kanile with whom we are also working very very closely and the asset forfeiture unit advocate Rabaji and advocate Kanile are also are putting a project together where we can work very very quickly and speedily where the financial intelligence center sees suspicious transactions the AFU is going to be on board to work very very quickly uh to be able to address and freeze funds um as we recently uh, demonstrated with certain covid related activities uh particularly the uif freezing was was the was the result of very very close cooperation between the financial intelligence center as well as the 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 asset forfeiture unit of the national prosecuting authority so um that that is hugely important and since i am dealing with since i'm dealing with corruption related issues i think i will talk to um another question that was that was raised by advocate masuku jale relating to uh, covid-19 um 
the, the expectations around dealing with, with corruption in that space. Um, the UIF, again, was, was a good example of very quick action. Um, I, I want to um, share with the, with the if, I think there has been a public, there was a public communication about this, but to remind members perhaps that the Fusion Center has been established um, at the national, um, nationally, uh, where the, the key uh, entities in fighting corruption, and this, this at the moment has its focus on COVID-related corruption. Um, and the, all the various entities like the Financial Intelligence Center, this is intelligence-driven, the DPCI, as well as the detectives of the SAPs, um, the um, SIU, uh, SARS, um, the Auditor General's Office, um, and uh, ourselves, to name some of the key entities, are co-locating, have been co-located at, at the national level and are working very, very closely with the various regional structures, the DPP's office predominantly, to actually, in order that there is a swift and an immediate reaction to COVID-related corruption matters. Um, and so um, that this is an important intervention, and we're hoping that that the results that we see from this model will also help us to deal better with with more broader COVID, uh, sorry, more broader corruption-related uh, issues um, in South Africa. And that is um, also would perhaps inform how we deal with things at the ACTT, uh, which is the Anti-Corruption Task Team, which deals with with corruption outside of uh, well, generally corruption outside the investigating directorate and 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 um, the COVID outside of COVID related corruption, which is dealt with in the fusion center. So um, the issue of the um, witness fees was raised. Um, um, this is a, this is a matter that that requires a lot of engagement with um, uh, Honorable Mohammed raised this way, with, with the, the Department of Justice and with the National Prosecuting Authority. Uh, it, is, it is not a simple matter. I mean, firstly, the Department of Justice is, I mean, there is, has been actually um, set up to deal with this from an administrative point of view. And of course, there's also budgetary implications. But, but in addition to that, we have to look at it from, from a policy perspective. And, and, you know, witnesses are, one can say, not really NPA witnesses, they are witnesses for justice. They represent complainants and victims. And so, you know, it's the, it's the justice system that needs to support um, witnesses. But also, we need to think about a policy issue that, you know, will we be creating the impression that the National Prosecuting Authority is paying witnesses? Uh, and there may be issues of conflict of interest. And so this is not a simple issue, and it requires... Uh, uh, very, it re requires engagement and discussion between the department as well as the NPA, so that we're able to address this in, in, in a in a in a way that enhances efficiency, but that also does not com compromise the witness fee system. Um, the issue of um, um, well, I should actually touch on before I, I sort of sorry about this, honourable members, but when. In the corruption space, maybe I should also touch on the issue of the issues that have been raised around around resources and the Zondo Commission. Um, honorable members have 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 it's 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 been laid bare the amount that it costs the the Zondo Commission to to be uh, dealing with uh, uh, state capture in the context of their mandate. 
one can only imagine what is going to cost law enforcement as well as the NPA, uh, the investigating directorate that's been set up in terms of skills and capacity to properly address the avalanche, one should say, of work that's going to come from the Zondo. And we're also talking about other commissions of inquiry. So this is a very, very important issue. Um, at the moment, you know, the, the, the investigating directorate uh, relying on the secondment oh, model in the NPA Act, um, it's, it's, it's not the best model. And so the capacitation, besides the resources, has been a serious challenge. And we are engaged with, with in, in discussions with... Someone's not muted. Sorry, Advocate Patoy. I think yes. somebody the secretariat is 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 uh, messing up our meeting. Uh, continue. Thank you, Chair. Um, so this this is a really important issue because um, you know when one looks at the amount of money that has cost the Zondo Commission, we really have to think about what the impact is going to be on on the investigating directorate in in being able to take forward. Um, you know, the, 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 the necessary investigations and prosecutions um, in order to hold those accountable. Uh, so, you know, we, we, we have been engaged with, um, you know, as I was saying, um, uh, with, the, with the National Commissioner of the Police to look at how we could look at better utilize the secondment model. And, and we've just had conversations earlier this week on that issue. But one has to also look at uh, you know, you, the question was asked about the cost drivers in the Zondo Commission, and, and the acting DG um, indicated that these cost drivers have been the legal services, the investigative services, and the IT. And so we have, to, we have also been engaging with the Zondo Commission in terms of being able to um, take over their IT systems and structures and, 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 sorry, and capabilities so that this can be moved to law enforcement broadly, as well as the directorate, to be able to use this capability that they have. And so, you know, that, that is an important part of the conversation. And we would certainly appreciate the support of the committee, uh, because there may well be various um, entities that want to, to get access. Well, access is one thing, but to be able to take over this capability. But I think the importance of law enforcement and the directorate being able to get that capability is going to be huge in terms of the us being able to move forward with with holding uh, with investigating and prosecuting people that were responsible uh, for for large scale cor corruption. Um, the issue of of the legal investigative and legal services, um, which the ADG talked about, certainly within the NPA and in public service, I think we cannot match the salaries that were paid by the Zondo Commission. And so that is another challenge, because if we want to get the capability and the skills of people that are working in the Zondo Commission at the moment, either as investigators or legal people, um, we have to look at how do we actually, you know, ensure that we can have those skills available to us, but not at that cost, which is simply not sustainable within the public service. And, and so... You know, these are important. We are having conversations with, with the, um, you know, with the Zondo Commission 
I know that the acting DG is also aware that we are looking to set up meetings in the next week or so um, with with the Secretary of the Zondo Commission, with other uh, you know relevant staff members from the entities to to really look at how we could make sure that this skill and capability is available to us as we move forward. Um, Chair, the issue of the... Um, I'm just checking to see that I have not uh, left out any, any uh, questions. I know that the DM will deal with the issue related to the admissions of, well, the, the uh, uh, convictions uh, for less serious offences during uh, COVID-related uh, offences. Um, the issue of, of civil recovery, I think I've touched on that. And uh, certainly we are, we are looking at that together with the SIU primarily. Um, on the issue of the, um, I think we were, we were asked about uh, the, the, the set and time matter. Um, all I'll say at this stage is that there are representations uh, in the NPA and that we are considering those. Um, and I think, Chair, unless you will remind me, I think I have covered um, all of the questions. Um, if, the, um, if our Honorable DM doesn't cover any of the issues, I'm happy to be reminded that we've, we've missed any. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Um, I have been advised, um, well, members can also further advise if that is true, that the House is not sitting at two, it's sitting at three, which gives us a bit of time. If that is the case, um, we will not be under pressure. Um, maybe after the DM has answered the questions, members who feel that their questions have not been answered, Will uh, will raise their hands. Uh, Honourable GM. Chair, thanks. Um, look, the main one. Honourable Chair, sorry, uh, sorry, Honourable DM. The house does start at three, not at two. Just wanted to confirm that. Okay. No, thank you very much, Honourable uh, Drachens. Um, Chair, just the uh, the issue that. Um, Honorable uh, Mopo King raised around acting magistrates. I mean, it was a minor issue. Um, uh, attorneys in who have their own practices are appointed uh, sometimes as acting magistrates, as they are also sometimes appointed as uh, judges. Uh, one of the conditions is that they give up their uh, their practice for that period, that they they distance themselves from it. If there are cases where um, there's perceived conflict of interest because somebody else from that practice is appearing in their court, uh, then that I would have thought that they, they should be asked to recuse themselves. And if they don't, uh, that it be reported. So I just wanted to respond to, to that one like that. On the issue of the, um, I'm, I'm a bit, uh, I have to say, surprised by Honorable Swat's input. We've never said we're not going to be um, or we're going to stop the prosecution of COVID-related offences. What we spoke about was the issue of expungements of records uh, for admission of guilt fines. And we said that this is something that has been, uh, we have been working on for some time. There is a provision in the uh, next Judicial Matters Amendment Bill 
that will uh, provide that most admission of guilt fines uh, don't have don't attract a criminal record. Uh, that will be for future admission of guilts and for for pasts past admission of guilts. Um, so that's the issue. It's not about uh, stopping prosecutions. Um, I, I know one can this can spark a big debate, but if you have a, a lockdown, you need to enforce it. And um, part of that is by uh, creating crimes. And um, a crime of uh, during the hard lockdown of not going outside, uh, it may differ from area to area, but the law unfortunately needs to apply to everybody. So just because you live in a leafy suburb and there's nobody on the streets um, doesn't give you the right to walk your dogs uh, when everybody else is, is confined to a lockdown. So I just sort of wanted to raise that, but it would, it, it's the, the issue, Honorable Swat, and I'm, I'm surprised that you misunderstood this, is around the uh, um, criminal records for the admission of guilt fines. I think otherwise a lot has been said and um, uh, there's not much more I can add, but just to emphasize that uh, dealing with the case backlogs uh, is a priority. It is though made more difficult by the fact that uh, the increase in COVID infections and also that, that um, COVID in a sense is a moving target. I mean, the scientific evidence now seems to indicate that it is more airborne uh, than was previously thought, and uh, less catchy from from um, touching things, so uh, which which does impact on on things. But at the moment, the response, if if there has been an, an infection, the response that people expect is some kind of desanitization. Uh, some literature is coming out now questioning whether that is actually uh, necessary and constructive. But the effect on the courts is if there's a COVID infection, very often that court has to shut down. Uh, often uh, staff who came into contact with a COVID uh, positive person uh, have to quarantine, uh, sometimes for up to 14 days. And that does affect the ability of the courts to, uh, to, to function. Uh, so it is something we are engaging with the judiciary on, on a regular basis. I'll be attending a meeting uh, shortly after this one with regional court uh, presidents, um, and that'll be one of the issues being being discussed. And then I think the last point, I, I think the, the NDPP or Mr. Smith, Advocate Smith covered it. Uh, I mean, gender-based violence, sexual offenses, um, murders of, of well, femicide and, and, and uh, murders of children are priorities. And um, we're trying to ensure that the system uh, operates as optimally as, as possible uh, during this difficult period. Uh, thanks, Chair. Uh, thank you very much, um, uh, Honorable Dear. Um, I have a follow-up question from Mr. Swart. Uh, is there any other member who wants to make follow-up questions? Yes, Chair. Um, who's speaking? Ndlozi. Oh, Honorable Ndlozi. Honorable Ndlozi will, will follow uh, Honorable Swart uh, in that order. Those are the two names that I have for now. 
No, thank you, Chair. Um, thank you, uh, Deputy Minister. I maybe didn't articulate myself very clearly. I was, I was obviously referring to the issue relating to the admission of guilt fines, following Advocate Rodney de Kock previously saying that within the MPA's domain, up to 25% of the cases had been withdrawn. So obviously that is an NPA where people can make representations on the prosecution, which should they be favorably considered would reduce the case backlog. My question, however, related, and you, you kind of answered it, but whether in terms of the committee's resolution, whether it would, whether you'd be able to have that bill before us before the end of July. And obviously we've got other very important legislation related to gender-based violence, but that was what I was actually asking about was the progress with that bill dealing with the issue relating to admission of guilt fines for less serious offences. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Honourable Swart. Uh, Honourable Jose. Uh, thanks, Jefferson. Uh, this is to uh, the department. <laughs> You see that you've got 9.2 million uh, set aside for gender-based violence. Uh, a a follow-up, which I'm repeating, is to do what? What is it that you will be doing with this 9.2 uh, million? And in relation to uh, the discussion about the, the money that the president set aside, I began by demonstrating that in the entire budget, as articulated by the finance minister, it was not reflected upon. Now, if you say that it is a part of the adjusted budget, how much of it came to yourselves? That is the concrete question, because in the speech, the president makes specific mention of strengthening prosecutorial capacity in relation to gender-based violence. And as you would have seen in our discussions today, that budget has experienced a cut, not even an increase. And herein lies the contradiction in that either the president was paying a lip service and you are protecting him, or he was talking about money that was already there. It was not new, which in any way would have been misleading. Those are my two concrete follow-ups 